Is it? Yeah. Okay, we're going. The great thing about this episode now and future episodes is we don't have to do any reads for Aura because they dropped me as a oh. sponsor. So Tragic. I know. Hey, guys. Uh, it's me. It's Mike again. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The New Nation. We're back at it. This is the 13th episode. Lucky 13 or oh. unlucky. Oh, no. With How Mary is 13 Morgan. unlucky? <laughs> Hi, guys. It's you Mary know, Morgan. Well, you know in hotels they don't have 13 floors because it's considered an unlucky oh. number. Okay. Well, I, I'm really worried because you guys don't remember me because my episode never came out. Um, and I was supposed to be on episode one of the New Nation podcast. I know. And then you said it looked like it was recorded on on a potato and yes. it sounded like we were underwater. Therefore, Correct. it was unlistenable, unwatchable. Yes. And it was not released. So it's the SpongeBob SquarePants Lost episode of the New Nation podcast. And to we be had fa- nothing to show for it to for all fair. of that conversation. So now we have the transcript know, in front of us. I know. And we're going to repeat <laughs> literally everything we said word for word I so know. you guys all get the information and the juicy details and the drama. But that show would have been like a year old now, almost, right? Because it was in maybe what, July, August? Uh, yeah. Or maybe even there June? There are updates. Yeah. For yeah. sure. There's uh, new stuff to talk about. But to be fair, if you do want to watch the first one, I can give you the password <laughs> because it's on YouTube, but it's private. Okay. Well, I mean, I want to watch it now. I'm curious. It's like, so hard to watch. It's so hard to listen to because it sounds like this. Like if you, you don't have headphones on, but this is what it yeah. sounds like. It sounds like the mic is five feet away uh, and it looks like it was recorded on a potato. You said some people actually did watch it. Yes. Which I can't Guys imagine in the Discord why. group because they were like, we <laughs> want to see Mary. They were simps. They were Mary simps. So oh. they wanted to see you. Not sure how I feel about that, but I appreciate the dedication. Mm. Um, excuse me while I pop my my zinny. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, can you can you tell the the uh, listeners that you said because I got a decaf espresso in my latte that it's cringe. It is cringe and gay. Um, I whatever d- caffeine does to your body that is so harmful. Whatever they do to take the caffeine out of coffee is probably worse. Well, there's still so, caffeine in decaffeinated coffee. They're still like little bits. I don't what want to do say you, trace What do they amounts, do to it to take the caffeine out of it? It's probably worse than whatever caffeine is. You're, prob- to you. you're probably right. But if I was on caffeine right now, I would feel as if there was like a lion that's just sitting behind you waiting to pounce on me. So it puts me on edge, which is what it's supposed to do. Okay. It's not natural. It doesn't... Y- I mean, your body people has have these... different responses to it. I, right. I don't feel hyped up when I drink coffee. What about when you put the Zin? Does yeah, but less than less like... than when I first started zinning. Okay. Like when I first started, obviously you get like, um, what is it? The it's not lightheadedness. Right. But yeah, when you smoke a cigarette too fast. I don't smoke cigarettes, and I never will. But but that's what it. That's what the feeling yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But uh, I'm not going to give up caffeine or nicotine Ever. anytime soon. I'm not sure. Okay, looking into the future. When I start having children, I don't think that you're supposed to use nicotine in any capacity mm-hmm. while pregnant or yep. breastfeeding. So that's yep. probably the, the stopping point. But it's just a pause. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always going to be part of my life. Yeah, people do it anyway. They say not to drink. But still, pregnant women, they can, can have... Can pregnant like, women zin? I don't know. That's prob- It's nicotine, right? Yeah, but you're, the they tell do, you not to not, smoke right. and not to like use chewing Maybe. tobacco. You would have but to look up studies on that. If there are any, I don't think it's there such are. a new it's so thing. New. Well, Chuck Schumer was saying that nicotine, or he said like zins, zins are, are yeah. is a pouch packed with problems. <laughs> and yeah, I think New I, York has enough problems that he should probably worry about other than zin. I was like, say it, don't spray it. Um, you know, you know the, cringe, uh, yeah. the illegals get to have 
I think, uh, is it up to $10,000 on a debit card in New York? Wait, when they get seriously? There? I, I so. mean, I heard about that, but I didn't think it was $10,000. And they're supposed to use it on food it's, only yeah, at it's, bodegas. It's, it's something ridiculous. But what else are they doing with it? Are Can they going go to strip there? clubs? I want to get some chopped cheeses. I would have a debit Wait, card purely for chopped chop cheese. Like, I've heard of that, but I have no idea what that means. Okay, just as a reminder to everybody who's listening to this episode, very little of it is probably going to do with Catholicism. But even though Mary okay. Mary is a Catholic, that's fine. That's not why I brought we her can. on. Yeah, we can. Yeah. But we're just going to talk about whatever pops into our head. So Mary does host a show called Pop Culture is a Crisis on Timcast, which you should watch. I was on it once. It was awesome. They just passed 500 episodes, didn't you guys? Yeah. And Actually, then 100,000 We're, we're getting too? closer to episode 600 than, than episode 500. It Whoa. just keeps time time flies it really and does. we also did a 100k subscriber yeah. special well you guys do it every day five days every a week, day right? every weekday yeah. how did you manage that for yesterday yesterday we found someone to fill in for me who was oh, phil labonte of okay. all that remains and then we also have special guests every friday yeah at least as far as we can manage to and yesterday it was a youtuber who goes by uh i think Camelot 331 or, or is it Camel 331 I don't know I had never heard of him before Brett my co-host told me about him mm-hmm. and he he told me that this guy takes his shirt off after they get a thousand dollars in super chats on his own live streams that's so what I was Elijah, like maybe like, I don't want to be a part of that specific episode and it'll yeah. be fine without me it'll be a boys day mm-hmm. it'll be um boys 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 cool that's what they do yeah Elijah made me take his shirt off when I was still doing the show with Gina Made me take, take my shirt off. Shir- my shirt off. Oh, he was oh, in Australia oh, oh. or whatever he was. That we're, almost meant something extremely different. We're also recording outside. We were going to record inside this coffee shop, but I didn't realize that they played music in there. I thought it was a quieter one, and it is a Christian coffee shop. Yeah. So, but like, not like the good ones. Do the proceeds support the church or what's? Well, the... it's called the well. Yeah. So, so it's called wells. the well. Therefore, it's Christian. They build wells. No. They build but, wells. But it is a. It is like a Mr. Christ- Beast. Oh, does he? He does. He's well. He's famous for. Isn't he like the most that. hated philan- philanthropic person of our generation? Most hated? Yeah, because people don't like him. Maybe Bill Gates, you know, because he fancies himself a, a philanthropist. Yeah, but didn't the mainstream well. media rail against Mr. Beast for giving a thousand people free eye surgery or something like that? Yes, they did. He he's slandered as a white savior, someone oh. who thinks that he uh, is in a position of authority because he can help brown people in third world countries. <laughs> or did you, <laughs> you think it's based? <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't have an opinion on Mr. Beast and I have no idea why people feel so strongly either way about him. Yeah. I think I'm too old for his content. Same. And a lot of parents don't know that their children are watching his content because I brought him up to my aunt and uncle who have young kids and I was like, do you know who Mr. Beast is or, or what that is? And they were mm. like, we've never heard of that. And then immediately my cousins were like, yeah, we love Mr. Beast. They have no idea. Oh, okay. But it's not any he's nefarious not type of content, right? I really it's just don't game think he's shows kind of, right? He's we're going to lock you all in a room for three months and the last person to come out. Yes, it's psychological torture, but it's voluntary. It definitely, your, your kids could be watching way worse. Right. How old are your children, by the way? Uh, one's three. Three and a half, actually, okay. in a week or so. And then the other one's two months. So you're really before the point where you even have to yes. worry about that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But we're at the point now where she's not one of these types of people that has to have a screen in front of her all the time. There are kids her age that, that, that oh, yeah. we see that's kind of concerning. But yeah. our thing right now is TV used to be a thing that would give us a little bit of free time. You know, we just plop her down in front of a show or in front of a movie. 
a couple times a day. But now we do Friday movie night. Friday family movie night. And As last a substitute. Night, yeah, last that. night we watched Turbo. That wait, was fun. What is that? About a fast snail, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, wait, no, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so what do you... Uh, yeah. When when they were watching TV, like, what what did you let them watch? They, uh, she was watching, they, <laughs> she, my daughter. Just uh, her daughter. She was watching a lot of, uh, Peanuts. Uh, she was watching, uh, what, what, what was she watching? She was watching a lot of Disney movies. So Cars, Cinderella, okay. things like that. Yeah. That's she wasn't good. watching, you know, Woke Coco Clues or Coco Melon or anything like that. No, <laughs> there's a certain age where they turn off Skibbity of Toilet. Because they get, yeah, Toilet, yeah. Toilet. Thoughts on Skibbity Toilet? I don't know what that is, but hearing the word toilet triggers me because we're still trying to get her to poop on the potty. And oh. it, is, it is rough. Yeah, 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 that can be rough. Well, Skibbity Toilet is what I've heard Gen Alpha is obsessed with these days. It's always it's something. It's Have you Bluey, seen it before? It's Miss Rachel. No, I haven't. I don't know Bluey what it is. seems like actually wholesome. Yes, Skibbity it Toilet, is. I... I can't pretend to understand the appeal, but basically people do that. They make it in, in Gary's mod. It's some random Russian guy that makes it, I think. And (laughs) the storyline is that there's a race of toilet people that the skibbity toilets that have invaded the world. And then the camera guys are the ones who are fighting back against them. And it's this constant war between them trying to trying to save first person shooter kind of vibes as far as like the camera goes. I, I don't remember it, (laughs) but there are a lot of explosions, but it's not like graphic violence. I think that what's scarier is that it's nonverbal, so mm, it has global mm. appeal. Okay, okay. Um, that just makes it weird, though. And there's something called Skibbity Toilet Syndrome now, where Gen Alpha children are pretending to be the Skibbity Toilets, and they're getting into <laughs> toilets or, or laundry baskets, Wait, really? and they're pretending to be the Skibbity Toilets, and like, sp- there's this, this Russian song that they sing in it. I, that's all I know. That's Love all it. I have for you. Now I have to look it up now. Yeah, don't let. I'm not going to show it to her, but I'm going to look it up just for reference and for uh, knowledge, common knowledge. Anyway, a chopped cheese is just basically (laughs) it's New York's version of a uh, Philly cheesesteak. So you go to Bodega, and what they do is they take two meat patties, they mush them all up, mush them together, and then they serve it on either a roll or a hero with lettuce, tomato, and some sauce. Okay. No, no sauce, just the cheese. Yeah, I don't think there's any sauce, but. Uh, a lot of people were confused for uh, stealing what culture vultures and cultural appropriation because like uh, uh, YouTube channels like Eater and Bon Appetit would be like, here's this New York sandwich that's taking over the world. It's a nine dollar sandwich. And people who are living in Brooklyn and Queens and going to bodegas like this is a four dollar sandwich. They're taking our culture. No one else should be able to have chopped cheese except for people in the neighborhood. So it's funny. Seems like a cope, though. For, I think it is for a cope. all of the problems that come with living in New York. And I've only been to New York City mm. twice in my life. The first time was for um, my 10th birthday, going to the American Girl flagship store, which was a moment I'll never forget. Specifically for that. That's what you went to New York for. It, I, I think that we were like picking up my, my older brother from a camp at the same time, but it was like a, a two a twofer okay. that we were doing it. And that was really special. That's all I remember about it. And then the second time was to see my billboard in Times Square. Oh, right, from the Timcat. Technically a work trip. How much did they pay for that? Oh, gosh. It must have been been six figures. Really? 
Dang, Tim making that good money. Depending on like the amount of days that he or weeks really that he chose to keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's seriously not an effective way to advertise (laughs) a YouTube show at all. Like people don't actually look at the billboards, but it's still something that I have bragging rights for for the rest of my life. So I've had a couple of billboards of photos that I've taken in Times Square. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. But my face isn't on it. That is still something to brag about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There was a controversy. I can't remember what it was, but it was on Twitter. And it was someone involved with Destiny and about the downstairs before you go up into any of the studios. Oh, boy. Did you see this? Are we going to get into this? I have seen this. I know I just don't know because I was like, maybe I'll ask Mary what happened here. But someone was like, Destiny didn't even approach me or whatever. And it's, it's a green room. So everybody's supposed to be. I'm like, it's not a green room. That whole downstairs no, area no, is not a green room. No, we call it a green room, it's but a it's lounge. not a it's green a, room. It's a lounge. It's where people work sometimes, I assume, and it's where people just go to hang out and eat. We call it a green room. It's a it common is, room. It is definitely not a green room. It's entire floor of the house, right. and where I work is a house. It's there, not an office building. There are some like games. There's a pool table and sure. stuff like that, but it's not... There's it, a massage chair, weirdly. That I don't know. When people use it, I'm like... Right. Traditionally, <laughs> and what I've known from touring for you know 10 years of my life, a green room is... A small room, and it could be a big room, but it's where the artists or the crew mm-hmm. are able to set their stuff, relax before the show, and just kind of hang out. And if, you know, production or crew needs to come grab you, they know which room is your green room. Right. At TimCast, that is not that. That is not a green room. They may right. call it the green room. But I don't even remember who got mad at Destiny. No, I I do remember because, um, well, I didn't personally witness this encounter. Okay. But I assume it must have been the last time that Destiny was at the castle. And that's what we call it, by the way, mm-hmm. um, the castle. And Phil Labonte, who is my coworker, right. and um, he's also a failed musician in the band All That Remains, he decided to go up to Destiny and introduce himself and just say hello, how you doing? Yeah. And Destiny was sitting on the couch on his phone at the time, according to his account, and he was deeply offended that Phil decided to publicize this encounter. Because Phil was disappointed that Destiny was acting pretty antisocial. He, you know, like he looked him? up and he, he gave like a very cold fish handshake, which yeah. is not a good look. Not right. a good look for anyone, but especially for a man. Also not surprising. Not surprising either because, you know, <laughs> I know that when I met him, he immediately was um, a, a little bit, a little bit sassy to me when he realized I worked for Tim. Yeah. Which I didn't. I didn't read into that too much. I mean, he he disagrees with Tim, so maybe he thinks that I'm a certain type of person because I work for Tim. Whatever. I I really don't even agree with Tim on most issues. Probably any. (laughs) Anyway. um, Yeah. According to Phil, Destiny was rude because he didn't try to make small talk conversation and he wasn't acting very professional. It was sort of like how a 13-year-old acts at a family reunion on their phone in the, in the corner on the couch, you know, being antisocial. Not a good look for a man in his, what, 40s? No, I don't think he's 40 yet. 30s. Maybe. Late 30s, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I think I, we actually might be the same age or I might be a couple years older than him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, again, I didn't witness it. I don't know what really happened, but I think Phil's account of what happened is credible. And... Maybe you can argue he shouldn't have tweeted about this and made it public. That's what I was saying. Why is this on Twitter? He just said Destiny's the only person that he's met doing these, like, since he he co-hosts on IRL quite often, he's the first guest that he's met who has been notably rude or or not quite as polite as he he should be. 
maybe maybe manifesting some drama but for some destiny quickies. Destiny had just a total meltdown about it, and right. it's like, yeah, maybe maybe Phil shouldn't have tweeted about it, but why do you need to have a full meltdown going off about how you're the talent and you should be treated like royalty? I'm in the green room. Don't I, bother me. I'm talent, and you should know this. This is the industry. Like as if Phil being a musician for decades literally doesn't know right. green room etiquette yeah i mean whatever <laughs> yeah tor- touring touring and working i usually didn't go into anyone's green room unless i was either invited in or i needed to take photos in there or something sure. i'm keep i'm staying in my green room. my manager was cool our our road manager and then who who actually acted as my manager for a little bit he got us our own green room. So it was just me and him in a green room, which was kind of nice. And he managed, I think, one of the other guys uh, on the tour as well. So we kind of had our own little space, which was nice. So I didn't necessarily have to like keep my stuff in someone else's green room. Uh, but here's something else that I think people shouldn't be putting on the internet. Do you think men should be filming themselves crying and then putting it on the internet? And did you know I was, we were going to talk about this today? I didn't know that we, <laughs> we were going to talk about this today, but I did see you tweet about it. Yes. Um, well, can I give you the backstory about why? Who cried on the internet? So... I had seen this video before somewhere on Instagram as a reel. It's this guy who's filming himself. And this is verbatim what he says. Imagine a guy full face on camera. And he's like, I just want to show you guys why I do what I do. I work 50 hours a week for this. And then the camera flips back around and he's driving now. And he pulls into his garage, and it's his daughter oh. who's waiting oh, for I him. Oh, I saw this. And yes. it's like, oh, happy daddy. And then in the car, she can't hear him. In the car, he's like, I do it for you, babe. I do it for <laughs> you, babe. It's so weird, right? <laughs> but it, it truly is a wholesome moment. My only problem with it is, men, don't do this. Don't upload it into the up, 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 up onto the internet for clout. People are like, he's not doing it for clout. I'm like, listen, he's getting sympathy praise. All these women are fawning over him. Some mm-hmm. like... Not even alpha male, but just dudes who think that they're alphas are like, this is what a real man does. And I'm like, don't cry. And then Lila Rose posted it, I think, on her Instagram. And I I put the same thing. Hey, men shouldn't be filming themselves crying and then putting it on the internet. I think it got like 100 likes to comment. And then all the women in in the replies to me were like, you're not a man. You don't have a family. Any guy that has a family would know that this is totally acceptable. And I'm just like, okay. Fine, tag me the next time your husband decides to film himself crying and then throws it up and on TikTok. And did you find that to be like a huge turn on when your husband like posts yeah. a video yeah. of so himself crying? There's this other feed called Trad West that posted, you know that meme where it's like girls talking to each other like men never cry about anything. And then it's like underneath it's, you know, a scene from Braveheart or something and it's the Chad crying. Yes. yes. So they did the same thing for that. And I said the same thing. Men shouldn't cry on the internet. And then all these dudes were like, "Take your take your sensitive beta opinions and take them somewhere else because they're not needed here and again i'm like Clearly okay you're not the sensitive one i'm like take take your own selfie crying video and tag me in it so i can see it because i want to see it you <laughs> think this is a perfectly acceptable behavior <laughs> and the whole thing that i was saying was it's perfectly fine for men to cry for men to express their emotions it's very different when they record it on a selfie yes and then upload it to tiktok for clout it is there are plenty of behaviors that are recorded and then when it's posted people's reaction is you know this behavior is pathological but really filming it is the pathological behavior right so i did see the video that you just referenced i thought you know 
if if he kept that thought to himself or shared it with a friend, it would be perfectly wholesome. One hundred percent. If his but wife maybe, recorded it, right? Like if his yes. wife was in the house and recorded her daughter's yes, reaction to dad coming maybe. home, wholesome. One hundred percent. I support it. Mm-hmm. Upload it all day. Mm-hmm. But I think now, that's what he did. What a woman would do. I yeah, think, I, think I think that's social what media is turning everyone into a woman these days. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Yeah, and this is a whole, like, larger conversation about, like, should men cry, or specifically, should men cry in front of their girlfriends or wives or children? Oh, that was a big Twitter thing. I forget who posted that. but It, it comes up a lot, Was actually. it Chase? No, it, it, Chase may have re- retweeted it, but someone said, men never, ever cry in front of your significant other. Ever. Does Chase, did Chase agree with that? Um, or maybe to a certain extent, because a lot of people were like, hey, man, if I'm at my father's funeral, I'm probably going to cry in front of my wife. I mean, I even think that you can cry for other reasons as well that are less grave than your family member you dying. You sit honest. on the couch I, with your wife or girlfriend and you're watching a movie and whatever. you feel like crying. That's totally fine. Your wife isn't going to be like, <laughs> what a pussy divorce. Right. And this actually came up, I don't remember which episode, but one time when I was on a panel on whatever, that this subject came up, like, should a man cry in front of his girlfriend or wife or whatever? And Brian, I believe, said that's a definite no, like, she's going to leave you. I've experienced this. I think he said he experienced it once where he cried in front of a girlfriend of his and then she became repulsed by him and left him or... Somehow after that, the relationship was permanently changed and she wasn't attracted to him anymore. That was an and event waiting to happen with that guy. Probably. But my my retort was that a woman with healthy attachment mm-hmm, style mm-hmm. who probably had a, a good upbringing that gave her those secure attachments is not going to respond with repulsion right. to the man she is you know, dating or married to, you know expressing emotion i and i certainly wouldn't be repulsed by that if we have a, an, a connection already but what i do um caution women against is men crying in front of them to manipulate right them, which right. definitely That's happens different. yeah no for sure so a lot of women maybe aren't able to differentiate between the circumstances in which it's appropriate or not but yeah i think that if a woman expects her boyfriend or fiance or husband not to express negative emotion in front of her other than anger she probably is expecting him to not be a person yeah yeah also too to speak to women who have uh endured maybe physical or mental abuse from father figures from their fathers or whatever it'd probably be comforting to find a guy who's comfortable enough to be that vulnerable in front of his wife or his girlfriend and have yeah. like actual emotional reactions to things that include crying but also just imagine being married to some you know some special forces operator he comes back from two tours and seen a bunch (laughs) of his friends get blown up and he has to have a stern face all the time like no dude let let your husband cry if he needs to you know what i mean yeah don't post it on social media that's definitely the pathological part of it for both men and women. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's especially undignified when a man does it because you would expect women to go to social media for community and validation and affirmation, which is the wrong place to find it. But you would expect that from them. You would hold men to a different standard because men and women are different. Yes. But did you see that video of the Swifty sitting outside yes. of what, the What was the context of that? She starts singing this song, Exile, and I haven't heard it. I don't know what it's about, but this Swifty apparently thought that Exile was specifically written for her. 
and she oh, just... Oh, so she, had, she has mental problems. She was not just crying, but weeping, retching, like heaving. What? In reaction to this song playing, and her two friends were like comforting her and holding her. If I were one of her friends, I would not be able to hold a straight face. Seriously. You'd be laughing. I, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. That is highly undignified what do you for th- anyone who, to do. What do you think the average number of people with mental illnesses who consider themselves Swifties are? I mean, but they're Gen Z and millennial women. Right. So you've got to expect they're There's not already right in the a high head number. for the most part. And yeah. they're highly medicated too. Is that birth control? It's birth control. It's SSRI. Is it the water it's too? It's therapy. It's yeah. the fluoride in the water. I mean, where, where the list goes on. I have been thinking more and more about birth control and its effects on society. I mean, this is kind of what occupies my mind most of the time is... Just what a mess the dynamic between the sexes is right now. I've been reading this book that's actually in my bag right now called Feminism Against Progress by Mary Harrington. Okay. She still identifies as a feminist, but she doesn't mean it in the same way that most do. Um, She just thinks, you know, women's interests should be talked about and advocated for. But the idea of what women's interests are to her is much different than I would say 99.9% of feminists out there. Right. And she has this plan for the future that in order to survive in the era of cyborg feminism, as she calls it, we're going to need to allow men to have their own spaces and women. We're going to need women to conscientiously object to taking hormonal birth control. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to need marriage as a as the like building block unit of society yeah. to create solidarity between men and women. This is that author? Yeah, that author. That I've, author? I have not gotten into most of the book yet, but okay. she... Her and this other thinker, Louise Perry, are like everything that comes out of these women's mouths is just liquid gold. I love it. So here's something that I, I think you're, no, you're going to know who I'm talking about. But let's preface it with this. Do you think that people who aren't married, especially younger people, should talk about whether or not marriage is beneficial? Hmm. Not, not can they talk about it, because obviously they can talk about it. Should they? Well, it would be hypocritical of me to say that they shouldn't because I have. Right. Right. And I'm unmarried and I do think that marriage is something that the majority of people should aspire to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, If they don't think that marriage is a sacrament, then they're really only still talking about optimizing your lifestyle. Right. 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 Which leads me to, do you know who I'm talking about? (laughs) No. I'm talking about Pearl. Oh. And I can't stand it. I can't stand this probably perpetually single woman for the rest of her life talking about the ills of marriage and how bad it is for guys and how it's just this, you know, zero sum game or it's not a good investment for them. And I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of hearing these ultra feminine and she is a feminist the way that she talks. She'll say that she that she's not, you know, she's unwoke or whatever. But I think that her overall message is feminism for men kind of in a way like, oh, you don't you don't need to get married. No, you, you need to be a man. You know, you need to be that alpha. It's a bad investment. You know what I mean? Ha- get them get them prenups signed. And it's like, no. And she was on Andrew Clavin's show who did a horrible job defending marriage. And she was just like, well, you know, if you look at the statistics, you know, uh, 
how many, like 50% of these marriages end in divorces. And Andrew was like, well, you're not looking at certain types of groups. So if you're looking at religious couples who go to church together, who raise families together in the church, who have any sort of like religious leaning, their divorce rate is significantly lower. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, he never brought that up. But he was just, she, the one thing that she does kind of get right is the court system when it comes to uh, who gets custody as far as kids are concerned. Because the way I look at it, if I'm if I get married and if I have kids, I'm responsible to those kids or for those kids, especially financially, uh, physically, everything right. So if I get divorced, I still have a financial commitment to those kids. So these women who are like, yeah, it's totally, it doesn't work out for these guys. It's a bad investment. They take everything from you, child support. It's like, no, you owe child support. That is your duty as a man. Right. But, well, forgive me if I'm prying, but did you get a prenup? No. Okay. <laughs> just wondering. I have nothing. I mean, she's past the point of just saying, you know, get a prenup. She just thinks that men should not get married, correct. period. Correct. And I think so. She'll say, no, I don't think that. I think people should, but it's not, it's not the best thing. I think that's what her argument would be. It's not, it's not in men's best interest to get married. I, I'm bad at reading people. <laughs> and after watching so much and, uh, of Pearl and reading her tweets, I have no idea what her real reasons are Look at for some doing stuff. this. Look at some stuff. Oh, you're talking about like her ulterior motives. If, if she even has ulterior motives. I mean, is she really even intelligent enough to have ulterior motives is what I'm asking. Myself. I don't think so. I, <laughs> people would be better off not to listen to her at all, but I agree. I do feel bad for her because if you look at into her past content, she's talked about her self-esteem issues and her fraught relationships with other women. Uh, I feel I have this theory that perhaps she has this disordered attachment to women and possibly is a, a closeted lesbian, even though I don't mm. believe lesbians exist. Wait, what? I, I, I don't believe that that lesbianism is, is even a real thing. Really? Um, I mean, nor do I think that that gay is really a state of being that sure. someone can can be in. Can you know be what I mean? In, right. You agree. Right? They're just making conscious decisions in who they want to sleep with or who who they want to be sexually attracted to. So it's never this thing like I am born this way. I am I am gay. And the more important word that is am. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Like yes. no one is gay. Like that's a huge statement to make. Right. Right. But I get it. I understand it. Yeah. And people do gay things. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> uncomfortable conversation to have after we've been beaten over the head with the idea that you are born that way. Right. Yeah. But um, I think that, you know, it obviously has a lot to do with someone's upbringing, a lot sure. to do with their friendships and, and relationships and their past experiences. There are kind of two profiles of lesbians is like the ones who've been aggressed by men in mm -hmm. some sense or traumatized yeah. by uh, fathers or partners. And then also the ones who are just hopping on a phase or a social contagion bandwagon. Right. You always hear that, oh, yeah, I had my lesbian phase in college. Like, right. That's a trope in movies and right. things like that. Yeah. 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 And then it it also goes with this online community if you're a lonely person who is is not socially adjusted well. But anyway, back yeah. to Pearl. I'm not good at reading what her intentions are. And I really do hope that she, you know steps away from the internet because she's clearly addicted to negative attention which is a narcissistic trait right um because really they just want that that feedback regardless of what it is which is so weird to me 
Because if I'm getting any sort of negative feedback online, I, I, I shut it off for a while. It's a I supply that they need regardless of, of the quality. But actually for Lent, I've given up reading comments. Really? Yeah. Well, that, that can't be right because you replied to my comment about you uh, not coming on the show anymore. So I only have notifications on for people that, people you follow. that I follow. Gotcha. So that's why I saw yours. So you didn't but break, I, I've sworn lead. off looking at comment sections yes. or looking at any DMs, which is a whole other. Do you get a lot? Worms. Oh yeah. Wow. Like I don't look at my DM requests anymore. Really? Um, because I found that that was that was a self-destructive habit of mine and you know but when I was like in my trolling days on the internet like before I had more of a public presence it was one thing like I didn't really respond to negative feedback like that but then as the stakes have been raised and this is you know my career now then I started feeling some type of way about it and that was my sign to to stop Mm. reading I'm gonna I'm gonna remember a question I was gonna ask but quick question because you mentioned career if and when, and I think it's going to be more when, when you do get married, uh, are you going to give up the public persona and focus on home? Or are you going to continue to do it until maybe you have kids or something like that? Have you I ever can thought honestly about that? say I have no idea. Okay. I really don't know. That's um, good. And I don't think that in order to dedicate myself wholly to marriage and family that I would need to step away from what I do now because it's something that can be done in a lot of different ways. Like it can be done from home. Like there are plenty of examples of people who do that, but I don't know how it's going to serve me or serve God in the future either. So it really just comes down to discernment. Okay. Well, talking about the people who feed off negativity, especially online, my wife wanted, not necessarily that she wanted us to talk about uh, love is blind, but she mentioned love is blind. And I'm sure you know about this, yes. you know, one cast member on the show who referred to her. She said that she looked yes. like Megan Fox yes. and she's completely getting she roasted. Doesn't. She definitely doesn't. She looks nothing like her, not even remotely close. But when you <laughs> mentioned the, this sort of feedback loop of negativity and how some people thrive off of it, my wife said that this is what that person's doing. She's thriving off of it where any sane person would want to almost be driven to suicide seeing what people are saying about her. And yeah. I'm just wondering, it's like, what drives these women? Is it fame for 15 minutes? Is it just all that attention? Like, what is it? What is the difference between men and women when it comes to attention? And is it different types of attention that we kind of feed off of? Because I think it's like, when I feed off attention, it's probably about things I'm either physically able to do or I've made some mentally or just this intelligent statement that people are praising me for. I'm like, yes, that's good. But it has nothing to do with my looks or drama or anything like that. You get into a lot of online scraps, though. Yeah. You do. It's shocking. No, but I think those are more intellectual scraps, kind of, and and theological scraps, which I think are more justified for guys. That's fair. That's fair. I mean... In a lot of ways, for a woman on the internet, I've realized that how you look and um, the impression that you give people is actually more important than what you say and what you think. So you can either take that as a discouraging element of it, or you can just work with the way the internet works. And I've had to adapt, (laughs) definitely. Yeah. But feeding off attention on the internet, it's not good for anyone, obviously. Right. I think it's worse for girls. It's almost like bullying think, with girls. That do you it's think worse. The, the chick on Love is Blind said that about herself in order to get backlash? I don't think she said it in order to get backlash. I think she, someone said that she catfished her way into a fiance. 
<laughs> which is kind of brilliant because you've, yeah. you've seen the reaction of her meeting him for the first time, right? And his, have you seen this? No. Okay, so but you know how the show functions. Yes, I do. They're in pods. They can't see each other. They're basically dating. And when I say dating, they're just talking to each other, finding out more about each other until one of the, the parties decides to propose. It's retarded. It, it, it's supremely retarded. I've always hated the idea for the show. It's, it's a hate watching. Just look yeah. at how dumb these people are and what they're putting them. Anyway, so this guy is saying, is just talking to this woman. I think the topic of who she looks like, she brings it up. She's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, people are saying, I guess if people say I look like anyone, it's Megan Fox. And the guy's like, oh, really? Oh, interesting. Okay. (laughs) Come on. And so this guy was talking to another girl at the same time who is clearly more attractive. Right. He was into both of them. But she didn't talk herself up. Exactly. Right. So he picked out the one who said, you know, she looked like Megan Fox. I don't think that was the reason. Anyway, they meet Mm. each other for the first time. She does this cringe shuffle in heels, like runs toward him. And as soon as they embrace, he looks at the camera and it's just dead, dead inside. And it's, they've just been roasting her on the internet. And she's thriving. My wife is like, this woman's thriving. (laughs) Like her her profile hasn't gone to private. She's thriving off of this. Well, I think that's the reason why most people go on Love is Blind or a lot of these shows is to get Instagram followers, especially yeah, for yeah. the women. Yes. So you know when they're clout, ch- clout chasing off of it. But when you see the, that scene where they walk into the room and meet each other for the first time, almost every time it's instant dread in their eyes. Yeah. It's, it's you know, in an instant whether or not they're going to work out. I don't know if any couple from that show has stayed together. Yeah, there are a couple. And I think one had one couple had a, has a child or is having a child. But of all the seasons, I don't know how many seasons. It's kind of it's the exception, weird. not the rule. Right, obviously. exactly. But the whole idea behind it is so retarded because you need to know how someone smells. Most importantly, maybe not even how they look. Right. You need to have your pheromones engaged mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in order to know whether this person matches you genetically. Right. Yes. Like yes. Whether that is a right mate to make children with, and regardless of whether you plan on having children, it still matters to you. You want to your be lizard with, brain you want is to, you want to be, you. right. You want to be physically attracted to, with someone in order so that yeah. the child making experience is more pleasurable. I think. And Even that, if and they that, were and blindfolded and in the same room, then that it might be work good. better than having the screen between them like they're in a confessional. Because <laughs> I can, I can kind of tell when a voice is fat. You know, there's By a certain voice. type of breathing. You know, there's probably more. Yeah, I, I don't probably, know how they can't tell, know, and especially when they ask someone like what race they are. Like, okay, you can hear that. Yeah. You oh yeah, I know it. who's black. Yeah. I know who's black. I know who's white. I mean. The Asians anyway. might be a little bit difficult, especially if they were born here and, you know, perhaps, have no accent. Perhaps. Yeah. But I, I like to think I would be able to tell. But the whole idea that looks don't matter is just... It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's obviously it's ridiculous. ridiculous. I mean, it plays a part how big or how small it is. It's really up to the person. But I, in my own experience, I was recruited for the show uh, Married at First Sight. I don't know if you've oh. ever heard of this. But this was a show that was on TLC, which different premise, but you're just basically paired through the producers and panels of the show to be matched up with someone yeah. you meet them for the, you meet her him or her for the first time i'm using the wrong pronouns and then you you have to get married to that person in the first episode of the show in order for the show to continue right so i got through a couple of uh interview phases um and it was right before the phase that they were going to offer me okay were you, you one of the people that want to come on but i had been engaged before that and i asked my ex-fiance I said hey uh, I might be doing the show 
How do you feel about that? I feel it might be a little bit of a slap in the face to just marry someone that I've never met before while we had this engagement. Mm -hmm. And she's like, do what you want to do. And I was like, okay, appropriate. Why am I even talking to you right now? Yeah, I would Um, feel the same way as her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I eventually didn't do it. And after I just would, I I would have had a sneaking suspicion that they would have matched me with someone who was anti me in every sort of way for good TV. Just for the drama. Yeah, I think so. I I have fantasized about like being a producer on one of these messy TLC shows because I'm such a shit stirrer. I would love it, but at what cost? At yeah. what human cost? Yeah, what advancement of society are you contributing <laughs> towards? Yeah, I would be I would be actively making society a worse place. Speaking of making society a better pay, place, let's talk about you know Catholic theocracy or something like that because we did talk a little bit about it on the last show. I just can't remember what we talked about. Oh gosh. What I've been dealing with recently is all, I've been dealing with a lot of Protestants as I have done since the start of the new nation and toward the end of I'm doing great. I'm just still dealing with a lot of them. There are a couple of good ones who I've been seeing still your follow Twitter us. spats with yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to do about that. I really don't know what, what to, to do. What to do about I don't Protestants? know if there's I don't <laughs> know if there's any net positive or anything positive at trying to evangelize these people and saying you're wrong. You are, you are in a false church. You are in a false religion. You are absolutely wrong, and I worry about the salvation of your soul. Okay. You are more likely to see, I think, uh, someone who identifies as a nun, or not, not a N-U-N, but an N-O-N-E. Yes. In RCIA, or what is now O-C-I-A. <laughs> Wait, is it called O-C-I-A? I think they changed the name. So it's I forget it's not the acronym, the... but... They changed the name of RCIA. You're you're more likely to see someone coming from no religious background right. in RCIA or OCIA, whatever, um, than a Protestant. Mm, that makes sense. Because I think they're just more more obstinate or less open to a different idea of the I, Christian faith. It's weird because when I mean... I would be too. I know Protestants, especially online, who have converted to protestantism from catholicism as an adult and i'm just like that's weird but it's really because of the the social issues that are affecting the church right now it's because of the scandals it's because of the pope and yeah but that's the online so discourse. superficial i think it is superficial but yeah. that's the reality of it People are paying attention to the superficial aspects and what will make them look cool on the internet. But it's hypocritical, And they're looking at what religion is the most based and which one will make me look cool and what what will give me a status symbol when that is obviously not what your religious practice is supposed to be. I would much more respect someone who is, you know, a devout Muslim than someone who chose Catholicism for clout. Right. (laughs) Obviously. that That is weird. There's more hope for them. I love Catholicism because it's true. In my opinion, it's true. Uh, I don't want to say I love the way it makes me feel because it's gay, but I do. I do love the way that I worship compared to all the other denominations. Well, and we have a heritage, right? We have a history. That's what's really important to me as someone who loves history. We've had a history for so long that when I see a lot of these non-denominational people, especially. And even like Lutherans or Baptists or, you know, Calvinists or whatever, I feel a historical connection to my religion. And I I don't know if it's missed on those people and they solely just rely on what is in the Bible and their own interpretation of it where there's there's no connection. It's missed on a lot of Catholics, though. 
It is. You've got to admit that, too. Yes, it is. 100%. There are a lot of, maybe most Catholics, at least in the United States or in the West, who are making it up as they go along just as much, if not more, than Protestants who subscribe to this idea of you know, interpreting the Bible for yourself and on your own. Yeah, how many boomers which, which are... Which brings me back to my polemic that <laughs> the printing press is the reason why all of our social institutions have crumbled. Yeah. It is really the reason because People um, have the Bible access. was then put into the home mm-hmm. and mass produced and it almost, well, it became a product. Right. And when Luther was like, hey, print these in our language. Yeah. 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 And, um... It's a nice idea, <laughs> right? Right. But the it has been a disaster for the human race. The printing press. You think been. so? Yeah. That's pretty interesting. The printing press led to the Reformation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. The Reformation okay. led to the Enlightenment. Right. The Enlightenment, then the Industrial Revolution. Right. The Industrial Revolution gave us feminism. Yeah. And look where we are now. And you know. The slippery slope. Don't of you the often hear say? Press. Uh, people say often like why do you think that we live in such a unique time like every society thought that the end times were nigh everyone thought that they were living in the most unique time period of human history but in reality we actually do (laughs) live in the most unique period of human history we no. really do. And it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> and because because of hormonal birth control, mm-hmm. because of the internet and mm-hmm. the nuclear bomb. Yeah. We actually live in the most unique time period of human history. Yeah, and that makes y- sense now. It's, I'm not saying like we're special snowflakes, but we are. Right. You know what I mean? 100%. Respond accordingly. Right. The end times are nigh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I haven't thought about it that way. People, yeah, like people really cope with the idea that yeah, we just think we're special, but we're not. Like, no, you were chosen for such a time as this. Whoa. Yeah. That's deep. <laughs> and we, we don't have what it takes. Okay, so how are you How are you now with, because uh, I've spoken to uh, about this issue with a couple of other uh, guests. Do you go to a Novus Ordo Mass, or do you go to a traditional Latin Mass, or do you go to something reverent? I was going to traditional Latin Mass more often when there was uh, a low Mass at 4 p.m. near me, but they changed it because um, one of the monks at the priory that's near me went on a sabbatical, so they're they're less available. But anyway, I go to a Novus Ordo most of the time now. I love a low Mass. It is a reverent Novus Ordo. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, that's cool. um, you know, the Mass is the Mass. There's no control I have over the diocese that I'm in. Right. I don't. I really try to stay away from ecclesial politics or online discourse at this it, point. It I do seems not pay like attention that's the best it. thing to do, right? You call it the medieval mindset, right? Grind set. The medieval yes. grind set. Right, Sorry. right, right. I don't. Brian from Catholicism, I think, may have termed that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I. I mean, I do in a way because I. I. I can't help but see it because I follow a lot of people who do talk about the bureaucracies of the Vatican and, you know, everything that's going on. And this document, the Pope released th- this document and, you know, the, the, the synod said this and these uh, regional bishops can, and cardinals said that. And I'm just like, talking to the, the, and the uninitiated normie saying that there's some such a thing as a synod on synodality? Mm-hmm. Like, they would look at you like you are another... You, like you're an alien. I, I know. I get it, that. It's it makes us look like clowns. It really does. <laughs> That's why I don't bring it up. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I, I I address the root issues, especially with anyone who wants to ask me a question. I was in the spat with this guy yesterday. Which you're right. You are always in spats. 
but <laughs> I had made a comment on something and then he got into my DMs because he said Instagram wouldn't let him reply to one of my comments or something like that. But he said, he said, well, you know, you guys call your priests fathers. So like the Bible and Jesus said, call no man your father. And I, I sent him, I said, okay, here is, here's an article from catholicanswers.com regarding that specific question and the history and the, uh, not etymology, but of the context of Christ saying that, because there are plenty mm-hmm. of times in the New Testament where, uh, I think it's Paul, uh, other people like Job have called them spe- call themselves fathers to people that aren't his sons, um, and being someone's spiritual father. And, uh, I, I sent him that and he didn't read any of it. But he's just about like, oh, well, your Pope is like, your Pope isn't recognized. He's not the real Pope. And I just said to him, this is what happens all the time. I said, thank you for disregarding my direct answer to your direct question and moving on to talking about the Pope now. He shifted the goalpost. He shift- it's not even that he shifted the goalpost. It's that he totally uh, changed the substance of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's like, listen, we can talk about the Pope, but just address what I, what I told you. Come in here with an open mind, which you accuse me of not having. You asked a question. I gave you an answer. What do you think about it? No one ever has a response where they're saying, okay, well, this paragraph from, you know, Letter to Romans seems interesting when he calls himself a father, right? And how Christ meant, when he said father, he was talking more about rabbis and teachers and not necessarily biological fathers, because back then, words meant different things. You know what I mean? You didn't have to call your actual brother your brother. It was meant for very close acquaintances, friends, relatives. You can call your cousin your brother, right? So when people be like, well, Mary had other kids because... Because uh, uh, people said, oh, aren't those, aren't those the sons of Mary and they're brothers of Jesus? Yeah, they're brothers as in, you know, Brett's my brother and I see him. I'll be like, hey, what's up, brother? Like that kind of colloquial term at the time. Mary, sure. Mary did not have children. She didn't have other children. It was only Christ. Peter didn't produce any, or not Peter, but uh, Joseph didn't produce any other offspring with Mary. She's perpetually a virgin and she is sinless. So I want people to understand that. The objections never end like you can pick one out of the hat Mm -hmm. the counter arguments to those objections never end it's really just a front for the hardness of someone's heart but their their own church fathers agree with the catholic position on mary's uh perpetual virginity and sinlessness luther calvin they all agree with that Mm -hmm. i don't know why these people have to reach into their own narcissism and say no they're wrong doctors of the church are wrong 2000 years of history is wrong even though you know that perpetual the idea of mary's perpetual virginity is not something that is it's not 2000 years old but it's also not recent i think it goes back to like you know 1200 or something like yeah. that but still i just love how you know it's uh, a lot five, of hubris five, to say five that solas for... on twitter knows more than right. augustine right it's it's a lot of hubris it's a lot of presumption to believe that for 1500 years everyone was wrong i mean that's actually disastrous. What did people I do mean, before the idea canon? living as like for someone living as like a say they've a contest, for instance, mm-hmm. like that is actually apocalyptic yeah. to live in that reality, to think that the, the vast majority of practicing Catholics in the world are, are not right. receiving right. real Legitimate sacraments. Sacrament, yeah. I would be losing my shit. <laughs> like that is, that is a dystopian reality. Yeah. And, they're just like acting like this is, you know, this is just the way it is. Like, how are you so calm about what that? What about the Benedictists? Oh, what is that? That's where they think that the last true pope was Benedict. 
I think, because Benedict okay, didn't yeah, actually yeah, like resi- he didn't actually resign his office. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I I've know. I've heard that. Hypothesis. Yeah, the idea of state of acontism is wild. Like ever <laughs> since <laughs> who is. was it? Like Pope Pius the Thirteenth. Like that was the last true pope, and there's been anti pope since then, and anti bishops, anti cardinals, and now anti priests. If that's your position, every practicing priest that is living today who would have been ordained by bishops and cardinals all going all the way back to let's say it is Pope Pius Thirteenth are totally illegitimate now. That's yeah. wild. Like, okay, if we do the math in the last validly ordained priests were ordained prior to Pre- Vatican II. Yeah. How old would they have to be now? Well, that's, that's, they all dead? that's 60 years. Are they all dead? So you add 20 <laughs> years to that and say they were ordained when they were 20. So now that's right. an 80-year-old priest, maybe. Yeah, and I'm not going to put my Sedevacantus friends on blast. I love them. But, um, you know, they don't, they don't e. go Mi- to Mass. E. Michael Jones said that that is one way to walk yourself out of the church, right? That if you... That if you hold yourself above other Catholics who go to, let's say, Novus Ordo, or you hold judgment upon other Catholics for going to different masses than you, they say that is one way to to exit the church. One way to leave the church is putting yourself above other Catholics. So he wasn't—a lot of people got his message wrong because he didn't say the Latin Mass is wrong. He never said that. He said the Latin Mass, if thought of as in a certain way— as being better than the other mass is a doorway out of the church. Like, you know, it's like one of those things where if you start eating bad food more often, that is one way to become unhealthy, mm-hmm. right? Or thinking that just be, I don't know, uh, what would be a better sort of, um, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. It, all it's of, okay the, all you of what you're saying, it just makes me very glad that I sequester myself from all of that discourse yeah, online. You're probably right. You probably have you know, you're sticking to the to the pop culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not necessarily I know my yourself, lane and I stay in it. Which is good. Which is good <laughs> and it's disciplined. I also try my best not to turn people off of our beliefs by bringing it up too often. Other Catholics or just people in general? Well, for instance, my listeners on pop culture crisis for instance like i would guess most of them are not catholic i'm i think a good portion of them are religious right um a good portion of them think that at least religious people have good points about the social issues of our day Mm -hmm. um when it's relevant i bring it up and when it's not i don't yeah yeah (laughs) and i i try my best to not be a stereotypical i guess bible thumper sure you know your crowd you know your audience i guess Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, Maybe I have no problem we with wrong. even being friends with people who are not religious or people who disagree with all of my beliefs. Right. I would happily be friends with any liberal or leftist out there if I like them. But the problem is it's a one way street. Mm-hmm. They're not willing to meet us halfway. Yeah. I would happily be friends with someone who like loves like is like pro choice. But if they let me express my beliefs and don't have me in the closet about my I don't know if I can make a new friend like that I think if I had a friend for a very long time and you know it was finally revealed that he is a very pro-abortion type person you know I think we'd have our disagreements but you know I've known you for 20 years or something like that you know I'm not gonna end our friendship based on that but I'm not gonna go out of my way to make a new friend who is vehemently pro-murder 
would. Really? I disagree. Like, I would. Maybe but the, the problem is, for the most part, most of them would cut you off, like, the second yes. they know your beliefs. Yeah. If they didn't do that, that says they at least have some base good level of, of decency. Yeah. And that says something good about their character. Yep. And, yeah, I would be friends with that person. I guess when you put it that way, that makes more sense. It's almost good to have that friend who you not necessarily quarrel with all the time, but you have a good intellectual sparring with. Sure. Yeah. They can, f- they can flex your muscles and we're stuff. We're also, like, I'm talking about making female friends. And I think that men would be better at having ideological disagreements in a friendship than women. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have better things to talk about maybe. (laughs) Like gossip. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, no, what women talk about, it's so crazy. Men do not understand the way that women talk to each other is just, it's all about people and relationships and the Mm. way that he said that. And what do you think he meant by that? And do you think that he felt like this when he said it? Do you think that he thought about it later? It's like, I, and I love talking about all of that. Mm -hmm. It does go into gossip and. Oh, this was, yeah, you're right. You're right. This was brought up on a whatever clip that someone had brought up that women will think about a conversation they had yes. previous and we'll dwell on it and we'll think about I could have said this this way I could have said that that way <laughs> what did he mean when he said it like this oh yeah and then Brian was like no men don't do that and I'm like speak for yourself dude like I've had conversations where they've been uh, pretty important conversations whether they've been in business or whether they've been in other things where I have thought about oh well maybe if I did this differently uh, sure. you know another a different outcome would have happened I don't dwell on it necessarily but I think that was the thing that was missed where women might dwell on it more yes. where men think about it and then move on right right Men are thinking about the outcomes and results of things. Yes. I think that women are constantly thinking about the interior life of other people. Mm-hmm. And we can't stop. <laughs> I replay conversations in my head all the time. I, I play conversations that haven't happened yet in my head all the time. It's literally the only thing that I think about. Really? Um, yeah. Is, is what's going on in, in this person's heart and mind like... This is the way that women think and the women, like the way that women feel more importantly. Even close friends. And that's why like the language of facts over feelings does not resonate with women yeah. at all. I get Unless that. you're weird like me. Right. And I've even gravitated away from that. Like, you know, I might've thought that like facts over feelings and like Ben Shapiro destroys SJWs was super cool and based when I was in high school. But the older I've gotten, the more experience I've had in the real world the more intuitive and, and feelings-based I've become. Yeah. Because yeah. logic doesn't resonate with most people, but most especially women. I work with a couple of people who are maybe now autistic. And I, I say that because I, I, you know, I have a new job now. It's a corporate job. And I've, I've realized that maybe this has changed over time. And I don't know, just because I don't have this, I don't have the experience, I don't have the background in corporate America. But people will say whatever they're thinking to you. and I like I had this listen to this so uh you know two 15 minute breaks a day on either of them I do a rosary I either go outside walk around do a rosary I go into a quiet room and do a rosary I was finishing a rosary I had literally just crossed myself right doing this rosary Mm -hmm. and one of my coworkers comes up to me and he says we can you believe we got the fox news in the break rooms this place is full of religious nuts and he didn't, he, I don't know if he saw me cross myself, but I'm holding my rosaries gigantic. Probably not, right? Right. I don't think he would have seen me. And I didn't say anything to him. I was like, yeah, you know, Fox News is kind of boomery, right? Like, I don't watch that. But <laughs> I told my wife and she just said, you know, 
imagine if you would have said, yeah, you want to talk about like religious extremists. You're so more extreme than what he's thinking. Right. I said, yeah, I don't know if I want to tell this guy that because he's an older guy. He started to talk about astrology and psychiatry directly after that. I was like, okay, I'm going to be as good of a friend to this guy as I possibly can. Because, you know, if that day ever comes, he's going to skip me, look at me and say, you were cool. And I I said, okay. But just just the no filter that people have. I don't know if this is like this everywhere in corporate America now, but... Well, I have no experience in corporate America. Right? I I don't know. I'm kind of glad that I... Missed that train. Um. (laughs) I I work around. It's good, too, because there's a mix of men and women. And that that happens. I didn't really think that there would be that many women in in sales. But um, there's a lot of women. Oh, yeah. They're super concentrated in marketing and stuff. It's so weird, though, because now the office has turned into kind of like home where Are you getting long-housed? No, 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 no. no. (laughs) I I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. But people, (laughs) the women will have blankets that they wear. They'll be watching TV while they're working, you know, on their phone. Someone's watching <laughs> Grey's Anatomy in between calls and stuff. And the decorated is kind of like, I want to put some, you know, some icons on my little desk space and stuff like that. But <laughs> would that go over well? I don't care. We'll see. Uh, yeah. One of the one, the one, this one girl, she'll never listen to this. So this is fine because no one's going to know that the show exists at work. Yeah. She comes up to me and she starts talking about guns. And she said something. I don't know how the conversation started, but she started talking about it. And she was like, well, do you think that someone like my uh, my aunt who had a husband that was physically abusive to her, do you think he should have the right to own a gun? And I said, was he arrested? Did he spend time in jail? What, what's the context? And she's like, does that really matter? Do you think physically abusive people should have guns? And I said, well, I don't know. You sound, You kind of sound like someone who would like red flag laws and, you know, kind of rattle on people if you heard him say something i don't know a little extreme and you knew he had guns you'd probably call the cops on him she's like well i mean if i heard a guy arguing with his wife and i know he had guns and it became violent and i said yeah okay i didn't want to continue the conversation because i was like we're at work i don't want to be labeled as like a gun nut yeah, Week I think one. it's because liberals always think that they're in friendly ideological company and yeah, they have right? no concept of They uh, see me, I have hipster tattoos and yeah. stuff like that and they're just like, "Oh, this guy loves Bernie." Most people would probably look at you um and and think that but you're But my mustache? Liberal. Yeah. My sneakers? New I think balances. Yeah, I think that you dress like more like a leftist. Do I dress I'm not trying to insult you. More like a doofus. Like a leftist doofus. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, they just don't have a concept that that anyone has. Uh, a- anyone around them in like a corporate environment would yeah disagree with them. Same girl. Yeah. Same girl's like, oh, you're Catholic, huh? Yeah, nomine patri. And I'm like, okay, uh, she's Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're Calvinist. That's very interesting. Like, yeah, my father is a Presbyterian uh, pastor. Is why we moved down here. Blah blah blah. And I just I don't want her to bring up like I just really. I don't know how to kind of defend my workspace if she comes up saying so like, hey, so what's with Catholics and IVF? I just want to be like, this isn't the place. I mean, it's like, isn't work supposed to be a a safe haven from talking about religion and politics? It's supposed to be. Doesn't stop anyone. Yeah. 
Like, I wouldn't be the one that brings it up. I really yeah. wouldn't. Yeah, when I'm at work, I like talking about work. I'm asking you questions yeah. like, hey, you know, what's the best way to approach this this position as far as where I'm at in this contract? Do you feel like you would jeopardize your job if you talked about those things honestly? I don't think so. I, I don't think so, but I don't want to put myself into that situation where yeah. I may find out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, I don't want to do that. Well, to be fair, I did say that I'm a fascist to this girl. Oh, yeah. Well, that changes things. I said, I said, I'm, I said, <laughs> I said, well, she was like, well, what she, she asked some question. I can't remember what it was. And she was like, well, what do you mean by that? And I was like, well, you know, I'm kind of a fascist, not in the way you're thinking. I'm kind of about a Catholic theocracy, you know, like a Catholic fascist, which has very, uh, okay, different so you distinction. Added yourself. Yeah. You added yourself. Yeah. I think so to her. Well, it's going to spread, right? And girls talk. Yeah. <laughs> no, but she's, I mean, she still is very friendly to me and she still talks to me and helps me out. But uh, the fortunate thing is that most people actually are apolitical and they don't they don't really care yeah, they don't outside really care. of the Internet. Yeah. People don't really pay attention or care to right. about these things. Right. So. And she's a singer. So when she kind of brings up stuff, I'm like, oh, so did you listen to that thing I sent you? Yet? You know, Damien Rice. Did you listen to the Damien Rice? No, not yet. OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most women especially are they, they don't care about politics. Right. They don't. Right. At yeah. all. They but kind of conform to the ideas of the people who are around them or the way they were raised. I just told Either her. One. I was like, when the gun thing came up, I'm like, listen, because she was talking about the Gadsden flag because she came up. Oh, that's how it started. She came up to me and she showed me this picture of, you know, the Gadsden flag. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a Gadsden flag license plate, which are very popular here. They're yellow. Yeah. But then the personalization said slay. Okay. So she was like, this is kind of weird that some like really two A guy was had some like really kind of gay slay. On his and I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird. But it's, what I well, it's a gay libertarian who's right. defending his marijuana farm with a, exactly. an AR-15, obviously. Yeah. And what I said was, I think I was like, oh, well, the Gadsden flag kind of cringe. And then I showed her my St. Michael the Archangel stomping on the snake in the Gadsden flag. <laughs> I tread where I please. Based. And she was like, what does that mean? I was just like, well, you know, libertarians are kind of gay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that means. And I think she was like, well, that's what, something what we are can you? all come together on. Right. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. I was having a discussion with this guy who uh, uh, I, f- I follow some groipers. The groipers mm-hmm. tolerate me, maybe <laughs> like an older guy who's kind of a boomer in a way. Um, for now. For now. Yeah. Uh, but one guy said, uh, damn, everything's getting one. Uh, I'll drop his name. Classic. Classic. Groisop or classic groiper or classic groip, whatever. One of okay. those. He knows who I'm talking about if he even listens to the show. But um, <laughs> we'll find ta- out. <laughs> he's taken a lot of clips from our Nick episodes and posted them, so I like that. Okay. But he posted a picture of his receipt from Five Guys, and he's just like, "Why is everything so expensive now? Burger, fries, and a soda was like twenty one dollars." Right. And I said, "Oh, skip the fries and the soda. Just do the burger because the fries are, you know, they're they're, they're deep fried good. in seed oils. Yeah, the Five Guys fries are always soggy and stuff like that." Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, it is peanut oil, not terrible, but still bad. But I just like fries." And I was like, "Cool." Some dude came in and was like, "Fuck, peanut peanut oil is still a seed oil. It's horrible for you because the flygloscorates, dystericums <laughs> is awful for you." And I and I said, "Listen, man, having a Five Guys." serving of fries once a month isn't going to kill you at all especially if you're somewhat fit you know i said if you just if you just you know finished a workout where you burned 1500 calories by all means have some fries have a diet coke and have your burger burger is a great source of protein like you probably burn 1500 calories you know get a thousand calories back in you the dude was like oh i'm glad to see that i'm conversing with a troglodyte who doesn't understand basic health so i googled (laughs) i googled can one burn 1500 calories in a workout 
I was obviously, hey there, I was obviously vindicated where Google did say, yes, depending on someone's size, race, gender, uh, physical fitness, one can burn 1,500 calories in one workout if it's prolonged over a certain amount of time and certain exercises are done, cardio, strength, strength training, uh, whatever. And he was like, oh, you clearly don't know what you're talking about. And well, then it's, I look- it's not about the calories. It's about the seed oils. Well, I looked at his profile, and it said he followed all these libertarian uh, feeds. And I said, oh, this makes sense now. <laughs> the, the moral of that story was try not to converse with libertarians as much as you can. And even though a buddy uh, who I had on the show who actually is probably uh, getting had some drama with some gripers, um, I don't take sides. Maybe a little bit, but... I, I think that my Twitter algorithm thinks that I'm like really into Ray Pete. Like, have you heard of this? Who's this? This What's nutritionist. This? I don't know yeah? anything about him. I don't even know if he's still alive. Ray Why Pete. don't you hit the not interested? I should. Yeah. I do it all the time. <laughs> but I'm also morbidly curious what they think. So he thinks that ice cream is a, is a superfood. Um, <laughs> he promotes like whole milk, raw milk, ice cream. Hagen does specifically. No. And he promoted this carrot salad where you shave carrots and then put them in like co- coconut oil. That's something. what my wife does. That's what my wife will She's have. She's a Peter. No, no, no. She, she does shave carrots, but she puts them in apple cider vinegar, I think. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she yeah, does yeah, shave yeah. carrots. I don't so know. she's a Peter. She didn't hear it from him, though. She's been Maybe. doing that. For, she's been doing that for years. Okay. Yeah. Well, she, she, she hopped on the trend before it was cool. Yeah. She maybe created the trend, unbeknownst to me. Yeah. My wife is a trendsetter, super based, <laughs> very, very, uh, very strong woman, deep willed, loving, but also very standoffish. Okay. Yeah. I saw you getting in an argument with people who uh, thought that you weren't married and you posted a picture of you and your <laughs> wife oh, looking very nice. You're, very talking, you're talking about the two crazy Latinas or the two fat Latinas? <sighs> Okay, listen. Yeah. Listen. They're friends of the show. No, that's what their name is. Two Crazy Latinas. I know, but they're friends of Pop Culture Crisis, okay. as are you. Yes. So I wanted to stay out of it. Okay, I'm and you gonna did. I'm not going to take any sides. You did. I love them. Right. And, and you, and you're both great. Yeah. I hated to see <laughs> you fighting on the TL, but I they didn't, thought I didn't, that you weren't married. I didn't realize who they were until I saw the one girl, I can't remember who it was, and I said, oh, when I had the show with I'm Doing Great, I think we may have invited her onto the show or something like that. And the reason why oh. she decided to come onto my timeline was because she made a comment or someone else made a comment, and I think I may have retweeted her comments like, why are women, women on the internet? It was just some dumb take, and I see you pursing your lips right now like, yeah, you probably deserved it. Like, fine, sure, whatever. But I think she was accusing me of being like some soy boy beta male with a lisp she said, I have a lisp. <laughs> and someone was like, uh, I've been on Mike's show. Uh, no lisp confirmed. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and oh, no. What she, she started making fun of my wife. She didn't think I wasn't married. Yeah, I guess that she, was uncalled I guess for. she looked into my public profile now, and she was like, oh, yeah, your wife's a three or something yeah, like that. Yeah, she was saying your wife's mid or whatever. And everybody, and like, everybody. Okay, that's obviously not true. Everybody in the replies was like, can you see yourself? Like that, and I know, I know you don't want me to make fun of her in front of you, which I feel bad about doing. I didn't say it, but I was just like, you know, my wife is, I, I don't know if this is projected jealousy, she's but she's a beautiful woman. My wife is beautiful. I think she's gorgeous. I'm not going to be an idiot and just be like, my wife's a 10. You know, we're realistic. I don't rate myself as a 10. I'm an easy five. Maybe, you know, I hold my wife up there. She's a seven. She's an eight. She's gorgeous. She's great. But I posted a picture of us together and I was like, 
you know, this is my wife. You, you post, she posted a picture of my wife with no makeup on, like with our, with our daughter. I saw that. And she still looked great. And everyone was like, yeah, I don't see, what are you, what are you trying to do here? So that's when I took a little bit of offense to that. Like, listen, like I'm having a problem with you and something dumb you said. I don't understand what your point my wife is. And my wife thought it was funny. She's like, yeah. Yeah. Is your wife online? She is. Her profile on Instagram is private and she's only on Instagram. Uh, but people will DM her every now and now and again, or like comment on a photo of mine and tag her being like, do you it's know what so he's saying? Unhinged. It, I rarely, I don't think I've ever really done it. I will maybe DM somebody and just be like, why did you say it? that's kind of weird what you said, but I will never DM somebody and be like, you're fucking, you're dumb. You're so dumb. Well, you're not going to DM somebody's wife. No, cause <laughs> I don't care. I don't yeah. care if I'm having it a, if, really like does something scary to our, our psychology. It really to our does. Psyche. Well, here's the thing. I think people who are born it's like after, road rage. Yes. Yes. Oh, 100%. But I think it's also happens to uh, have a different effect on a generation because in my generation, we had physical confrontation in person. You know what I mean? We weren't really fighting over the internet. Based. There was a, there was a time where after college, maybe we started to be more on the internet, but you know, I graduated college in 2006 I had just gotten Facebook in 2005, and that was only when you needed a college invite, right? You had to have a college email. So whenever we had confrontation, it was in person. You know, we weren't even texting anyone, I'm going to beat your ass. It was saying it to that person's face. You know what I mean? So I react a little bit differently toward uh, online beef or online drama where I'm not going to DM somebody and say, (laughs) hey, you want to fight? I'll say it in the comments, be like, we should just be fighting. That's why I want to start... My my company, go fight me. It's kind of like GoFundMe. Oh, but what people can do is I if, like this. If there's an internet row, if there's an internet beef, row, you can challenge the other person to go fight me. Where funds are raised from outside observers, where they uh-huh. want to see you two fight, to fly the other person to the other person's location. Right. A boxing ring is rented, and it has to be videotaped and put online. And you are required to have a meal with each other after the fight. <laughs> GoFightMe.com. I'm not going to do that because I could not win a fight. I All I have is crazy going for me. Both parties have to agree to the fight. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like your idea. I like it's an the online ingenuity. Duel. It's a duel. By the way, you have no idea how jealous I am of you for what you just said. You graduated college yeah. in 2006, yes. right? Yeah. And you didn't have to spend any of your formative years using the internet no when we had to write when we had to write a paper we went to the library mary yeah and we got a bunch of different books and we had to put those in the footnotes of our paper my 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 senior thesis i majored in history was the relationship between stalin and hitler i couldn't go on to wikipedia even though i'm sure it may have existed back it may have existed in 2006 but i didn't use it i must have gotten 10 to 12 books I read these books. I formulated my own opinions yeah. based on what I read, and I cited everything that I read. And that's that's the way we did things back then. It's totally different society. And I grew up not knowing life uh, apart from the internet. It's very weird to say that I graduated college almost 20 years ago. Like, I still don't believe that. Because <laughs> I don't look at I don't look in the mirror and say, yeah, I look 40. I don't necessarily feel it unless like I wake up and sleeping weird or something like that. <laughs> then I feel 40. But I think it's because what we talk about uh, and the show that we had, the show that I have now, our audience has only gotten younger. And when you tend to be more based and real, that, that audience, you attract a younger audience. So I yeah. think I, I feel a little bit younger through them. 
I don't know but if that's they necessarily. A good thing. Yeah, no, it is good. I don't know if they necessarily view me as you know their their uh, uh, <laughs> what is it compatriot or yes. something like that. But uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be like I don't want to be like E. Michael Jones, who may come off as like a curmudgeon, like an old curmudgeon who's in his late seventies. But you definitely don't. Reapers love him. You know what I mean? Um, to say nothing negative about E. Michael Jones. I, you don't I, come off as a curmudgeon. I like him. I like the guy. I thought it was a very interesting conversation. My dad turned it off halfway through. He told me <laughs> because I think he has um, all love to my father. I think he has a different generational aspect of what anti-Semitism is. And I don't know if oh. EMJ is necessarily anti-Semitic. I think he questions things. And I think he has a very vast historical knowledge where the information that he has might turn off the boomer generation very quickly. Uh, people think that G.K. Chesterton was anti-Semitic. <laughs> these days well i mean martin luther was extremely anti-semitic you know you know almost you know through his own admission Mm -hmm. but um yeah the whole anti-semite a lot of people i have i have a very close friend who i who i sent the emj episode to he said this is going to get pulled quickly it's still up i just i just think because my audience isn't that big like if it was maybe you and you had emj on that episode would probably get pulled down Imagine us having E. Michael Jones on Pop Culture Crisis. Like, hey, what the do you money, think of Azalea Banks? The money going off? <laughs> well, well, I think she's really cool. <laughs> like, look at this new uh, Sam Smith music video. What do you think of that? Like, He'd probably hate it. We have thought about inviting just random political pundits who know nothing about pop culture. Jared Taylor. And just, like, like I don't even know. Like, a random like political junkie they're like almost Pat Buchanan or something we've like had that. relatively political people on and they kind of aren't capable of talking about something other than politics have you ever had Gavin on the show Gavin would be a great a great get for pop culture crisis Why yeah I, I haven't thought about that but maybe I will you? maybe I will number. I mean you should have him sure. on the show I kept on pestering Brian Atlas who by the way I I don't it's it's, it's what George Costanza's father said this guy, something about this guy. <laughs> I don't like this guy. There's just something about him. You don't like him? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's. I think he's gotten very popular. I think he's let some of that go to his head, and now he thinks that he's very, very smart. Hmm. And I think he's just been hearing maybe a lot of smart people talk. And well, he's around a lot of people who are extremely dumb, which would make someone yeah. think that they're very, very smart. I get so. that. I understand that. But yeah, Easy I, life hack. I was pestering there. him about getting myself and Gavin on the show. I said, hey, wouldn't you, do you want to have the one of the co-founders of Vice Magazine, who is a very staunch conservative, not very mm-hmm. staunch, Gavin's like a, you know, he's a Gen X conservative. But, you know, having Gavin and I on the show to talk about, you know, what you guys talk about. And he's just like, yeah, maybe next week. Yeah, maybe next week. Yeah, maybe next week. So after about a month of that, I said, forget this guy. Mm. And I, there's some people that know him. I was like, can you just you know, tell him Gavin and I want to come on the show? Because I asked Gavin. I said, would you want to go on whatever? He said, totally, absolutely. Imagine Gavin McGinnis on the Whatever podcast. I haven't watched since uh, Michael Knowles was on. That was a great one. That was great. Oh, yeah. I, got, I got into a spat about that. That's what it was. That's what the spat with the Latinas was all about. Oh. Because she said, no woman should allow her man to watch the whatever podcast. And that's when I said, why do women say things on the internet? That's why I was like, just ban all women. Do you, do you really believe that? Or is that you being hyperbolic and trying was, to it rile me, people up? It was me being a little hyperbolic, maybe a little bit flamboyant. But I just... I, I, th- these people have... 
now people with internet followings, they have to say these things, right? They don't sit there. They don't think about these things before they post them. They're like, I'm going to say something controversial. I might, I'm going to say something that might be a little bit um, retarded, but I know it's going to get... Uh, I know it's going to get engagement. Yeah. That's the key word is engagement. I don't know if I've ever posted anything specifically for engagement. If I have a thought about abortion, I type it up there. People agree with me. If it gets 20 looks or if it gets, you know, like 10,000 views, whatever. But I'm not doing it to get that engagement. Sure. I don't care. I might benefit from adopting that mindset a little bit more because I'm so restrained and reserved with what I post. Yeah. Because I, when you post something, you're really being quite presumptuous that anyone is interested in your opinion about something. Right, right, like, right. It, it requires a lot of ego to do this. Well, when you, you know? have, like, let's say, I don't want to take the Latinas, but when you have someone who's of prominence, I, I, I don't know who, but let's say that person has 100,000 followers, you assume that people want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So that inflates that ego. Whereas right now, I think I have 500, you know, Twitter followers or something like that. And I make the memes on Instagram because I like making the memes. And Instagram is more about information and just making people laugh where Twitter is kind of getting into rows. And I just like calling them rows now, Twitter rows. But I would assume <laughs> that someone with 100,000 followers really does think that people care what he or she has to say. Yeah. Which is why when I saw that, I was just like, it's retarded. First of all, I don't think that they speak for all women. I think half of the women would have disagreed with them because my case was Michael knows was on the show and that was a super informative. He did two, he did one seven hour episode or whatever. It he is was a three hour in, in debate the studio for nine, nine hours. hours. That's insane. That is superhuman. And the conversation wasn't vapid on his side, right? It was, it wasn't unsubstantial. Like there was plenty of substance in what he was talking about where any man or boy who had a girlfriend or a wife could easily learn something from it. Right. So to just completely dismiss it, is retarded. I'm sorry, but that's what it was. And that's when, you know, when I, when I attacked someone's opinion, they decided to attack the looks of my wife, which just proves the retardation that some people have. That's really a bridge too far. Don't bring, don't bring a man's wife into it. It just doesn't make any sense. Don't even bring like some non-existent lisp I have into, <laughs> into existence. Like where that, did that come from? I don't know. Did it was just a guess. Well, I rarely put any media of myself talking on Twitter, like clips or anything like yeah. that. So I'm just saying, where do they do, do they think I'm somebody else? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. They might have just been a wild guess, just like. Oh, he looks this way. He wall, must have. A, I mean, they were making fun of my looks, which is fine. Absolutely, come from my looks. I mean, I know what I look like. I know what I think I look like when I look in the mirror. I obviously think I look two points better than what I actually am, because <laughs> that's what mirrors do. Most people find themselves significantly more attractive yes. than they actually are yes which is that might be survival it's yeah it's a survival tactic right yeah yeah it's it's a confidence actually builder. the people who are objectively attractive i think it's proven they find themselves less attractive less attractive than they are but they're not they're not doing it ironically right they're saying you know these girls who are 10 on you know whatever and saying ah, maybe like a six and it's just like no you're clearly <laughs> a 10 it is annoying though to like start that whole like let's go in a circle and everyone rate yourself did you rate yourself i did but like what else are you gonna do did you say like, six or i'm a six or seven or i no. said seven because it's just like i don't know like i did my hair that day whatever yeah like, that's a safe guess did anyone guess? be like mary know. come on you're better did anyone say that or you were just kind of like no, left in but the wind <laughs> like i really i really don't care yeah but it's it's kind of a bizarre thing that he always does that every single episode when 
That's Someone what it, self-rating means literally nothing. So it may not be him thinking that he's smart. I think what it is 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 that I don't necessarily like the flow of his show. I understand that he There's gets, no flow. I understand that he gets strikes and stuff like that, but allow adults to say the word rape. Oh, yeah. Even Calling YouTube relaxed their TOS on, on that. They, yeah, they I, relaxed the TOS so you don't have to say grape anymore. You are allowed to say the word rape as long as you don't graphically describe the right, act. Right, right, right. So that's not even against TOS. I think it's kind of arbitrary to okay. stop people from saying that word. Okay, yeah. Any technical difficulty, too? He always he seemed to have had a it problem. It tense. Yeah. And there's no reason to... Other than, you know, obviously super chat revenue to keep the show going for that long. And he doesn't get it from YouTube, right? the conversation degrades after the second hour. Yeah. And I'm someone who does this for a living and I've done long streams mm -hmm. and I'm like, my entire body is in pain by the I, end of I this. I think you, you cut out that first hour from the show asking people, you know, first of all, every time I hear the word situationship, I want to throw my computer. <laughs> that is That is an invention of Gen Z. To say, are you in a relationship? How long has it lasted? And yeah. what situation? It's a relationship. Well, it's it's not. It's not because if there's no definition to if it, if you it's have not a relationship. relations with someone, whether it's platonic, romantic, physical, whatever, it's just a relationship. That, okay. It's incumbent on the person the to define term. the relationship, yes. right? You know okay. what I mean. I have heard though that it's a specific issue with Gen Z dating each other. They're all cheating on each other. Oh, really? Like cheating is just acceptable to gen z it's like unanimously accepted really? like they all they all cheat just on cheat other. on each other and i think what's resulting is um gen z women are mm -hmm. more trying to date millennial men really like so, guys my age like you're a little 30s, bit younger yeah like okay. 30s and i mean i'm dating a guy in his 30s as well and i love that he is not chronically online and you know, grew up without a smartphone yeah. and didn't have a smartphone even in college. Right. Like, because that can do flip. some profound damage to someone's brain. Imagine the brain. Imagine the I could not date a yeah. Zoomer man. The brain rewiring it. that would happen if I had a smartphone starting in high school to college would probably I'd probably be completely different now. Though sometimes I made a rule that when I'm sitting at the dinner table with the family, no phone, I leave it charging or something like that. Yeah. My wife's really good about putting the phone down when she sleeps. It's nowhere even near her. Um, I really at, just don't like at work, looking at my phone. Yeah, at even. work, I have my phone charging, and it's horizontal, so it has this cool little clock on it. And whenever I need to, let's say, send an email apart from the business that I am doing or, you know, see how an Instagram reel is doing maybe, then I'll check it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, to be to do what you said, like people being chronically online, it's good that you're dating an older guy. But there are guys my age who are chronically attached to their phones yeah which is sad but it's, to see. it's something you can detach from easier if you started the habit later in life yeah. rather than yeah. grew up with it yeah. and that's why gen z women are n they're not going to have a good time trying to find a guy in their own generation it got nicer out it yeah right? the, now sun the sun is shining. Came out. uh that's that's actually from a book called pete the cat and his cool blue sunglasses that i read to my daughter where <laughs> pete the cat's in a really he's in a bad mood for the first time and um who gives him the uh the glasses is it an alligator someone gives him the glasses and he's like here man put these on and pete the cat is like a hippie so he's like far out the sun <laughs> is shining the the the, the animals are singing everything's going to be all right and i just anyway um have you talked about the girls dancing with their stanley cups yeah. On uh, on your show? Yes, we did. We don't have to touch upon it. We did it. talk about it. 
I. It's like the blue dress, look, white dress, black dress thing, right? Everyone's torn on it. Conservative guys are either like, I don't see the problem, or well, they're like, this is the, horrible. The white and gold, blue and black dress yeah, thing, thing happened. That was like a, a whole like cultural phenomenon. Like yeah. people are gonna remember that for years. This one is going to be a blip. Like I we're found not gonna out. Remember I found this, out that it wasn't Mardi Gras that Joe Enders, who has a show, pointed out and found out that these are actually part of a church group and oh. they're underage girls. And the oh, beads, they're not the beads age. were beads that they were selling for kids with Down syndrome or something like Seriously? that. Seriously? Yes. Oh yes. my so gosh. He found See, look, I, my original take was like, why is everyone mad at this? There's yeah. nothing wrong with this. Like, get over yourselves. Right. But now that I've given it a little more thought, like it, it is the fall of Western society. No, it's it's not the root of all evil. It's not the downfall of Western society, but it is grotesque. It's a little grotesque, and I would not be what, doing that. What makes like, it me grotesque? Personally, it I would not be found. Is it there. the physical dancing, or is it's, it just the vibe the around the whole thing? It's the dance moves. It's the lyrics in the song. It's about sex. Like okay, they're like thrusting. They're like hip thrusting, yeah. and like you know. Yeah, it's 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 grotesque. I wouldn't be doing it personally. That's my standard for myself. I would not be found in a video like that. Got it. But at the same time, I was trying to bring people back to earth. Like most of these girls, right? They're in Louisiana, yes. right? Um, and I assumed at first they were sorority girls. That's what I thought. I think that's what not. everybody thought. But um, it it did look like that. They're Republicans <laughs> and they're Christians, right? they're probably going to get married in a few years, the right. vast majority of them. Right. Okay, like, this is not to be public fair, enemy number one. To be fair, I almost wrote a comment like, ooh, I can smell the birth control. You know what I mean? Like, But they're not on it. You like, don't think so? You don't think those girls Okay, were? I really don't know if that's, I have that's the Because that's the running right. joke with evangelicals. Like, when you see a bunch of evangelical, really? you know, teenagers and late teens in a room together, the joke is, oh, I can smell the birth control. Really? Yeah. Okay, I, I don't know. Like... A lot of women say that they had birth control pushed on them by yeah. their their GPs, mm -hmm. by their parents or yeah. teachers, like sex ed classes. But I agree we're I, moving away from that now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Women are waking up slowly but surely. But I never experienced that. I never had a doctor who ever even brought it up or suggested it. Right. So I did I was totally maybe unaware you didn't that have it was any even external problems that you were maybe you didn't have bad skin no, or maybe but I, you were I chronically did. Oh really? I, I had bad skin and I did bring it up because I heard that it could help because I was like desperate. And no one talked to you about it. no one I brought it up to a doctor and he said, Well, you should try being vegan and that might help your skin. Like oh, he, as based. an alternative to yeah. birth control, <laughs> right. he said, maybe you should try a plant-based diet. And I was like, wait, I've been vegan for four years now. Like right. I still have bad skin. Maybe better than, you know, the better than birth control, right. but neither are good options. Right. I just never knew that it was so heavily pushed on young women yeah. because it was never suggested to me by anyone. And I did, I didn't have sex ed classes, which is a great thing. Cause I was in, I was in private religious schools, yeah. so it's just ridiculous that what sex ed consists of for, for those kids is like, this is a condom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this says nothing about like biology, no. nothing about That's always, I don't think anything women's has, menstrual cycles yeah, or anything. I don't think anything. anything's changed other than it just becoming more sexually explicit, right? And degenerative. So mm -hmm. I don't, I think, you know, the boomers will say, you know, sex club, they showed us a movie about birth and that was kind of it. You know, my generation was, yeah, they did the kind of same thing. They showed, you know, they, they put the condom on the banana and you uh, did that. Well, I went to a Catholic school, oh, but okay. I, okay. I don't know. They may have spoken to us about that. I don't think we actually had a hands-on thing, 
But okay, well, <laughs> they showed us the film about you know Even the, the miracle idea of, of life. Like, showing a birth video to a bunch of kids is yeah. really bizarre to me. It's like weird. that's something that they should have seen like growing up on a farm two hundred years ago. Yeah. Right? That would have explained it for you. Having you say that, I was thinking, and I posted this thought yesterday where I was sitting in the cubicle and, you know, my wife sends me a picture of the kids and I'm just like, I don't think we were meant, we were not meant to be away from our families. I think we were meant to be tolling on the land as a family and having everybody contribute, you know, in in a certain way. And that doesn't mean to say that we all have to be farmers, but, you know, cobblers, blacksmiths, you know, uh, steel workers, swordsmith, things like that. But obviously, Industrial Revolution, which you did mention before has turned everybody into these weird worker drones and just being in people are like, wow, Michael has actually found corporate life now. And mm-hmm. he thinks this is a conspiracy, which I kind of, I think it is, but it's just like, you will eat the bugs. You will live in the pod. Yeah. I grew up different though, because my dad did work from home even back then, like oh. the, in the mid nineties and he's an architect and he started his own practice, mm-hmm. but he was away most of the day, you know, doing measurements and going to building departments and things like that. So he wasn't home all the time. But he was there. He was based there. You know what I mean? If his door was closed and the light was on, he was in there working. We knew not to disturb him, but he was home. So it's kind of weird that, you know, I'm going away from my kids. <laughs> my wife's like, Mike, it's been three weeks. Like, yeah, but it just doesn't feel right. There's something that just doesn't feel right about yeah, it. Like, I'm going to miss a lot. Imagine that pull to be at home, but like a thousand times stronger. And that's what women yes. in the working world yeah. who, who want to start families are said. going through. It's awful. My wife was working from home. We had a nanny at the time. This is when we were both working. This is when we were making really good money. And she, she made more than I did. She, she had moved up in her company uh, a bunch of different times, raises, everything. Um, and then we had a nanny in the house. She's working 10 feet away in the other room. And she's just like, this is weird. Why is there effectively a stranger in my house raising my daughter i should be the person doing that and my company doesn't care about me they want me to contribute to the revenue of the company Mm -hmm. you know they 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 don't care you know they they paid for my maternity leave or whatever but if they could have hired somebody else they probably would have well they can't fire her but you know the the idea that a lot of corporate uh corporate ceos and corporate hr departments will pay for abortions is just kind of telling you Not know, just paying for abortions, but they're also... they pay for the travel. They're, yeah, paying for the travel, but they have benefits that include freezing your eggs. Oh, really? Paying yeah. for IVF treatments. You got to see the pod generation. You have to watch that movie. I did. Oh, you did watch it. Yeah. How the did one you like with, it? Um, Amelia Clark. Yes. Did you like it? It was okay. I was expecting a much more climactic ending. Same, same. Like I was expecting her company to, to actually the... come after her or the, um, right. the pod Spoiler company alert. to actually yeah. come after her. But then they just like, and I I, I said I, I said I don't know if the writers were poking fun at feminism unironically or ironically because but it was done well anyway they, regardless was, it, of their intention right, it was it, actually it, it was done well and they were obviously poking fun at certain feminist tropes you mm-hmm. know what I mean the, the 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 being the girl boss and uh, the thing about the husband uh, not you know being the one that actually is now I he said he said if I could get pregnant. I would get pregnant, but I can't, <laughs> which is based and yeah. true. Like, you know, the guy is saying, you know, I can't get pregnant. Your, your whole, not your whole purpose, but, you know, one of your biggest contributions to society and to the human race is that you are able to bear children. So you should do it. I don't want to have this pod kid. And then what happens? He's the one who ended up 
when I'm becoming closer to this podcast because Amelia Clark character is more married to work, really. Mm-hmm. She's pregnant with work. She's not pregnant with a child. But seeing a character who's torn between the yes. two callings yeah. is like something that you you wouldn't see. No, it was nice. Yes. Remember it's a really cool concept. The scene in, the, in the gym. The execution wasn't the best. But I agree. I agree, but I thought I thought it was good. It was like it was a very weird way to approach a dystopian future. Mm-hmm. You know? But that scene when they're in the gym and she touches the naturally pregnant woman's belly. Mm-hmm. You kind of see that sort of shift but that's in her. The dystopian future where the ability to be physically really pregnant right. is a privilege reserved yeah. for this rarefied class. No, but not really. Remember, she couldn't afford to have the pod baby. So it's almost well, like the poor The pod are company is like trying to sell this as like what you really would prefer. Right, exactly. Right? Yes, so. yes, yes. Which is so, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I enjoyed the movie. It was just something that we happened to see, you know, just the thumbnail for and i clicked on it and it is we watched cool. it. I, yeah. I enjoyed that movie i thought it was i thought it was refreshing i thought it was new um so that's good i saw cabrini oh really yeah i got a screener well, what did you think well i'm not going to talk about it because i'm good I, I i'm contractually obvi- oh, obligated right. to make it's not a review out yet. no it's not okay. out yet but i got a screener and i'm being paid to review it cool uh being totally transparent but i liked it Okay. I liked it. I thought it was good. And well, you're an access media shill, so conversation over. No, but, but it's almost I, it's when almost I first nice. saw the trailer, it just it it seems Women. like <laughs> they just repeated the Italian everything. woman line at least yeah. three times, and I was like, "Why we would get you let it. this she's Italian, an Italian woman? woman. <laughs> <laughs> like, is there anything else to the plot the, than the it, fact that she's an Italian?" It's woman? funny because the overt racism. I I don't know if you can call it racism, but just the. The uh, I don't even want to call it bigotry, but just like the avert like disgust of the wasp class in Upper New York in the late 1800s towards Italians and mm-hmm. Irish is just it's so weird to see that personified on screen because I mean there are movies like that basically takes place at the same time Gangs of New York does maybe like 30 years or so ish later so we knew that you know the native New Yorkers hated these Irish immigrants they hated these Italian immigrants so what yeah. what the characters were saying it wasn't totally out of left field. It wasn't exaggerated or made up. They probably dealt with this, but in the trailer, yeah, I agree. Like it was everything like you let this brown Italian <laughs> nun speak to you this way. Yeah, you people let, don't you're remember a cardinal, that man. there was racism against Irish and Italian. They immigrants. hated them. Yeah. Well, I mean, EMJ Not talked about this. Culturally. He talked right. Well, he talked about this within Catholicism too, because he's like, you know, the Germans would have a church, the Irish would have a church, and the Italians would have a church, and they wouldn't speak to each other. But it was more of a cultural barrier because they didn't speak mm-hmm. English, you know, altogether. Well, the Irish did, but um, I, I enjoyed the movie. You know, uh, Mother Cabrini is the first American citizen who became a canonized saint, which is awesome. And, oh, I didn't know that either. And Mother hmm. Teresa uh, actually was inspired by her canonization to pursue uh, her order uh, and her, her, I guess, her ambitions at being a nun, um, well, <laughs> which is insane. At least there's one movie about a nun that isn't a horror movie. Yes, and that that's part of my that review. That sexualizes right, nuns. Right, right. That's part of my review. It's not it's not also a movie with like doubt with Meryl Streep and Amy Adams where Oh my gosh, that is the I haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. I have heard that it is so a just movie, bizarre. Right, it's a movie obviously when you involve the Catholic Church, you have to talk about abuse, right? So that's the reason why it gets buzz and acclaim. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not Sister Act where it's a bunch of nuns who have nothing to do with the actual religion or tenets of I it's a fun movie i'll grant you that but this was the first time where a really positive and really influential story was made about Mm -hmm. 
a nun, mm-hmm. an actual nun who, you know, who started her own order and who was vastly, vastly influential in the charity aspect of the Catholic Church. She started so many uh, uh, hospitals, schools, everything. Um, and she was just little, this brown little Dago Italian woman who that's what they call her. Did you let this little Dago talk to you <laughs> like that? <laughs> and have, it's you, just, uh, whatever. have you seen the Padre Pio yes. movie? We talked about this on our episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, on okay. the pop culture. I advise... I didn't I, end up watching it. I advise everybody not to watch it because you'll be sev- severely let down. And if we would have had an hour and a half of Shia as Pio, it would have probably been really good. But Pio's story was... It, it took a backseat to... It was to, secondary yes, that they to, used him as the marketing material, right, basically. Right. But, but it's weird because now he has officially become Catholic. right. He's thinking about becoming a deacon. But he and, had to and have read the script. And would he see this movie and think that, you know, this is a, a God-honoring, He had to have movie? read the script. Like, he knew what was in this. Right. And that's what so I'm saying. So what's, what's that about? So I'm sure they just didn't give him sides on his scenes, right? Like, they had to have given him the whole script. And I'm surprised that, you know, this transformation of Shy happened after the movie. So he probably went in there saying, I'm just playing this part. I'm well, it do was as during and after, right? Because yeah, he yeah. started it was, it his, during his and after, journey he, into Catholicism to do basically right. method he, acting. But he spoke, right, exactly. Yeah. But he spoke to Bishop Barron after the movie was done and finished. Uh-huh. But and I'm just saying, like, I, I wonder, like, how did he, did, were things changed during filming? Did he know that things were going to end up like this and just his role was going to be totally secondary to the plot where the plot was more of, you know, the, the birth of Italian fascism and, mm-hmm. you know, and Marxism in Italy at the time? And I think had he known that, he may not have done the movie. But I think, but I think, I think he did a great job as Pio. And I just, I'm kind of bummed that he can't exactly talk shit about the movie now, <laughs> no. now that it's out. So no, yeah. I understand it's probably a difficult position to be in. Yeah, poor Shia. I, I, I wanted him for the lead of my movie for a very long time, and I think that he's just, he's got, I think, three or four movies that he's doing now in pre-production that he wouldn't have time to do it. So I. He also has a trial coming up. For the FK Twigs stuff? Yeah. Or? Either later this year or early next year. He did a podcast with one, with a boxer, an English boxer, who is training him for this next movie that he's doing, where he's not even playing a boxer. He's playing a brother to a boxer, but he wants to, you know, mm-hmm. that method acting, he wants to get into the mind of a boxer. But he talked about, you know, him being on the verge of suicide because of all that stuff coming out where he literally had the gun on the table and a text from a friend saved him because he said... The friend was like, just serendipitously, hey, man, how you doing? And Shia was saying, you know, it's it's close to the end. I'm going to do it. It's, you know, this is probably the last time you're going to talk to me. And the friend just said, okay, well, tell me about it tomorrow. <laughs> and Shia was saying, yeah, this that bought me a day. And then we met up the next day and then we talked about it. And then I think he started doing, the, you know, AA and that type of therapy. Yeah. I, I like Shia a lot. I think he's crazy. I, well, I, I think, a lot of creatives are. Yeah, yeah. So. I think he's crazy. I think the way he approaches a lot of his roles, he gets really... I don't want... That's unfair. It's uncharitable. I don't want to say he's crazy. I think he's very passionate and he throws himself into it fully for each role that he does where he wants to pee, He wants to appear genuine, but he also wants to appear serious in front of his... Um, Asso- not associates, but in front of the comrades or in front of the people that he's making this film with. Like He doesn't want to look like an amateur at all. Um, but, uh, what about Kanye? I spoke to, I spoke to a friend. I'm not going to say who, who has very deep inside knowledge of what's happening with him. And I, I think Kanye is crazy. 
you are willing to say that he's crazy. I think he's not crazy. Not Shia LaBeouf. You think? I think Kanye West is crazy, and I feel bad for him. I, I I really feel bad for him. I hope he gets some help. I think he's crazy. I listened to the recent album Vultures mm-hmm. and was just deeply disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I put it on. I tried to listen to it. And I just didn't get into it's it. It's also no. just musically. It's not up. It's not. It's really Beautiful. subpar compared to his past yeah. music. Like just just on the quality of the music, the production. Like it's just subpar. I can't speak to that too much. The lyrics, though, um, they're disgusting. Well, and I, blasphemous. Yes, my my insider has clearly affirmed that you know God has left you know his mindset. Uh, and that's sad because... And it's been so little time. Like, literally, it was just last summer. I don't want to put the Grifter label on it. You it, know what it I mean? It hasn't but even been a year no. since he invited Bryson Gray out to Japan help him or whatever that with was, Vultures yeah. in Tokyo. Like, that was not that long ago. No. How is it possible for someone to switch up that fast? <sighs> well, being diagnosed bipolar probably attributes a little bit to that. But someone who's... You know, someone with a, a mental disorder like that, like, I mean, he thinks he was misdiagnosed, whatever. I don't know the truth. But I'm not a psychiatrist. Someone with a mental disorder like that or any mental illness, it doesn't mean that they're incapable of of authentic religious expression. Maybe the religious fervor can kind of hijack them emotionally. But and that fades away. We all know that that fades away. That zealousness as far as entering a new religion or refining yourself. Into that happens one. to anyone. Right. But uh, you've opened the door to the the graces yeah i think and I th- it's not closed you know i'll tell you after this episode no i actually don't want to tell you anything after this episode because this person might be listening and she's like i told you not to tell anybody okay. so i probably won't say anything <laughs> okay um but i mean you can just you know use your own conjecture to kind of draw conclusions that you know maybe he's not surrounded by the best people maybe but that he's plays also part not the best person well that's what i'm saying it's not just his friends, you right. know. I'm not going to absolve him of all of his decisions. No. He's a grown ass man. Yes, I think the way um, he's parading his wife around is atrocious. It's not his wife. That's his wife. All. Aren't they married? That's not a valid marriage. Oh, okay. I see. I, I you're okay. You're being. I mean, let's be here. real. Like, yeah. As as two Catholics, like yes, that's not a valid marriage, no. right? Well, he wasn't married in the Catholic Church. He wasn't anyway, married. So. He, he wasn't. I mean, was it a valid marriage when he was married to Kim legally? Who knows? Because she was married before that. Right, 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 right. This is why I the mean, institution... has this guy ever really <laughs> been married in the eyes of God? Right, and that's why the institution of marriage is so... And, like, Pearl talked about this a little bit, which I kind of give her credit for. She's like, why does the state have to get involved in marriage? And I do kind of agree with that. I said, yeah, well, th- I think the marriage, quote-unquote, contract is more valid in the church and in the eyes of God because I think it's a literal joining of blood. You know what I mean? Where I think... The, the state takes it over as a little bit of um, control. Okay, but it's complicated because as Catholics, we don't believe in a separation of church and state as such, you know? <laughs> well, th- it's the problem with being American Catholics, right? Yeah. Well, there is, no, there, there, there is no wording in any of the founding documents about the separation of church and state other than in a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to some Baptists. But, yeah. I so agree. like I do like, feel like the state should be involved in marriage. But when, but see it's the it's the state and then it's the federal government of the United States which I don't necessarily It depends on the regime we have. Right, exactly. So if we're talking about the state in my world the Catholic Church would also be the state. Right, right? exactly, exactly. So if we get married and the state has a say or it, or it is involved in our marriages 
then I agree with that because it's the church essentially. But now when you're talking about the American federal government and each of these 50 individual states and their constitutions and all their laws regarding marriage, you know, religion sadly has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Unless you are a Catholic and you get married in a Catholic church, I don't know how many Catholics who seek divorce seek annulment. I wonder what the oh. numbers are in that because in order <laughs> probably a very very little, very right? Small very little. Because well, they were probably married without proper counseling about what it means. Right, right, right. And I think in order to get married in that same church, remarried, you would probably have to go through an annulment, right? But if you're just going to go to a different church and get married in a different church, then you probably don't seek that out. Right. And it's a headache because it's actually a process. They interview, they interview your friends. They interview your family. People are brought in to attest on if the annulment is legitimate or not. I don't necessarily know the process of it. I but, don't either. But, but it's intense. I, I have been told that um, my parents are divorced. I have been told by a priest that, based on what I told him, that it, the marriage was null. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they have an official decree of nullity. Oh. I don't know how it all works. Maybe but it's more of like a spiritual annulment or something like it's that. It's extremely complicated and extremely fraught, just like divorces. Yeah. 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 I wish, I you know, I wish, you know, divorce wasn't a thing. And a lot of the red pill guys talk about no fault divorce being a huge problem. And looking into that, I just have a surface level view over it where, you know, a divorce can be granted based on no fault from either person, which kind of seems kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um but yeah, I think I think if 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 a marriage ends in a divorce, I think there should probably be a pretty good reason. That's when an annulment seeks out. Like, let's see what happened in this marriage that made it invalid. If it whether it was infidelity or physical yeah. abuse, which I don't even think the church encourages divorce in those no, cases anyway. But it's um, permitted. Right, but it's permitted. Yeah. Yeah, and I tried to make this so clear when this exact subject came up on whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it was. I think the most recent time that I was on, or it was the one that had destiny on the panel. I tried to make that clear that that was the stance of the church. And I wasn't the only Catholic on the panel. Yeah. And I did say that because I mean, it was like 10 people all like yelling at each other. So I try to get my word in whatever. Um, And then later on people acted like I never said that. And they, they were acting like I think, that abuse victims oh, right. shouldn't that, yeah, be yeah, able right. to get out of that I remember marriage. that. I remember that. When yeah. I explicitly said the opposite. Yes, that was. And then Ch- Chase was on that. Chase was on that, and someone else yes. was on that. Where they where they were like, "Well, you don't think if a guy's beaten up on his wife that that marriage should end in divorce?" Oh yeah, and then this idiot next to me. Um, what does he? What does he call himself? It was like MLD. Yeah. Yeah. He's like screaming, "You should endure, yeah. endure!" That's- and like we're like, bro stop like you're, <laughs> you're embarrassing yourself <laughs> stop being cringe um and then we were all put into the same category that we agreed right. with him right and destiny defamed me so blatantly <laughs> on the timeline saying you 1000 percent hate abuse victims yeah and then the second that someone goes out of their way to post the clip where i said it it is permissible to right. seek a divorce in cases of infidelity and abuse yeah according to catholics right the catholic church yeah then it's crickets. Yeah. Then we're not going to talk about it anymore. No, he's an engagement farmer is what he is. That's, yeah. what, that's what those streamers do, right? They, they, they need it in order to survive. So they have to constantly create engagement. That's where like, oh, okay, I have a normal job. I don't necessarily need this endless stream of engagement. I post something. If no one cares, great. If people care, fine. Awesome. I'm not going to quit my job because I got 100,000 <laughs> views on a tweet now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
that's another weird thing about this generation and the alphas and the Zs, how they all want to be streamers. They all want to be YouTubers. I'm worried it's about, scary. I'm worried about the state of the world. Like, will there be doctors? I probably won't be around, but will there be doctors? Gen Z like has a lot of problems, obviously. Like everyone knows that. Um, but you don't think we're doomed in that way. But no, just think about how bad it's going to be for Gen Alpha. Yeah. Like I am actually worried, worried about, about them. them being able to function. Like, are they going to be intellectually impaired for life because they are being raised right. with a an, an iPad as their primary attachment figure? Yeah. Like, I I just don't see an off ramp after yeah. after that. And you don't like no one deserves to be raised by a screen. No. But what do you do to like rehabilitate someone after that? That that is something that could intellectually impair you for life and emotionally impair you. For I'm more life. worried that classical music disappears. Oh yeah, what happened to like people playing classical music when they're pregnant, like around their belly? I do that. I did that for my <laughs> wife. But just saying, like you know, will the opera exist? Will will museums with yeah we with, were talking about this on PCC yeah, remember, like will high culture disappear well I was talking about horse racing and yeah and, <laughs> yeah. and horse racing I, I brought that up and you were like well maybe not so much horse racing but orchestral music yeah you know how many kids are going to be raised to play the violin and the piano I think now it might be easier to get them involved because of these screens where you can lay an iPad on the piano and it can now teach the kid and the technology with these things that come out you're going to put the Apple Vision Pro on your baby and teach I your saw, baby I to saw play a video piano. of a guy um, with the Apple Vision Pro on learning to play piano because uh, there's uh, if you look at YouTube videos about uh, you can look at you know piano covers and they'll show the um, the keys that are yeah. being pressed like I like those but they did that in the in yeah. the Apple Vision Pro I was like that's kind of a cool learning tool okay it's cool in theory oh. but let's okay. be realistic about what is this device going to be used for have you seen right? ne the movie Never Let Me Go no I don't Andrew think Garfield. So. Uh, who's that? Carrie Mulligan, and who's the girl that can never keep her mouth closed all the way? Kira Knightley. <laughs> she can't keep her mouth closed. No, she's, she's always true. like this. It's true. It's true. It's true. Never Let Me Go is a fascinating movie. It was a, um, it was uh, no early. My wife went down for a nap. Okay, it was who's that Japanese British author? A lot of written a lot of um, contemporary novels, but it was based on this novel and. The guy who wrote the movie is friends with him and got the rights to the movie before the book was re was released, uh, and it's the same guy that wrote Annihilation, uh, De uh, not Devs, yeah, Devs, and then uh, what's that movie um, with the robot and uh, uh, Dom Hall Gleason and the guy from Dune? Not sure. Annihilation. The, cool. the AI movie before Annihilation um, with the robot. What? Her? Anyway, no, 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 not her. The one where they, the, this, this one coder wins a prize to meet the CEO of the company. So he goes to the house and the guy's like, hey, I created this AI robot. And it looks like a real woman, but it's a robot. And she ends up, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, Ex Machina. Oh, oh, So okay. it's the same, same writer of that movie. But it's this really interesting movie where it's a group of children who are raised in like 1970s England. But it's a, it's, it's a completely different world. And they are raised only to be farmed for their body parts for their clones so mm. they were cloned at birth specifically to be body parts if anything happens to their clones and it's it's a heartbreaking movie it's really really interesting and you know it gets to, to our humanity and it's ultimately a pro-life movie um 
you know, not anti-abortion, but it definitely is a pro-life movie. There are a lot of like crypto pro-life movies. There really movies, are, actually. I, I think the Pod Generation may have been one. Yes, you know, and um, Twilight. That's controversial. But I know. I believe it was. I think we talked about that too. Yeah. Um, hey, listen. Let's wind this down. We talked for nearly two hours. We made up for this wow. for, from last time. Okay. And I'm only saying wind it down because we're having company over later, and I have to make four steaks. And I want to mentally prepare for that because okay. I don't like getting steak wrong. <laughs> it's the one thing I hate. Thanks, Mary. Thank you for having me. Awesome. This was good. And I'm going to save this and export it as soon as we're done so that yes. it doesn't get lost. Okay. So say we bye, Mary. We need to Mary. redeem it. <laughs> uh, you can watch Mary on Pop, Col- Pop Culture is a Crisis on Tim Cash. Pop Culture yeah. Crisis. Pop Culture Crisis. Sorry. Is pop culture is a crisis anything? No. Not for any of your names. But it is. Okay. It is a crisis. Yeah. Pop culture crisis. It's on Tim Cast. Find her on Twitter, Instagram, all this other stuff. Uh, Don't DM her because she won't look at it. Bye now. (laughs)